I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello! Listen, you smell something? Put that cookie down! Hello and welcome back to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Chancellor. We are back, bitches. I know you know you've missed us. You've missed us a lot. But I mean, uh, I've missed us really. Yeah. <laughs> I've missed doing this. I just I was just hearing the theme music and getting nostalgic for six months ago. <laughs> rocking, rocking back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but we have an exciting new season, as promised. It may have been a bit delayed, but we are promising a second season. But we we didn't think you know we we wanted to do our top ten in there and then we're probably gonna like give, give us like a couple of weeks to get our shit together yeah, yeah. and Don't then we'll push start us, guys. a new Come season on. We, we need a break <laughs> but we're, we're, we're <laughs> we need a break from doing it's this no. <laughs> um, but we've got a really exciting new format that we are going to debut and we'll, we'll tell you a little bit more about that after we do our top 10 we're new improved buffer sexier here we go we, we did the roids <laughs> we yeah. took the Viagra we just gotta get that pump <laughs> Uh, but we are going to do our top 10 as always. I say as always, we've done like three. This is the third well, this one. The third, this so. is the third one. And as always, we have our venerable pod father, Mr. Zane C. Weber. That's me. And that is who and what I am and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> the venerable pod father to join us because he always has an interesting addition to our lists. He balances out some of our <laughs> more my basic bitchness and, and chance does... Uh, hasn't seen a thing. Hasn't seen a thingness. And, and Josh is the good one. Josh has, has his shit together. I don't but, know how balanced I'll be. I, don't, I, I honestly had a rough time this year. Really? I didn't... I'm even a little dubious about how worthy some of the films on my top 10 list are on okay. to be on a top 10 that list. was 2019 so it was are. a rough year it was. it was it was a very different year like yeah. a lot of wild reaches and a lot of them didn't land some of them did some of them polarized people i know like jojo rabbit was mm. real jojo rabbit seems to be splitting people down the middle not in a violent last jedi kind of way but <laughs> people are like either calling it a mess or they're calling it genius and i'm like oh that's cool though i Far like superior that. to the meddling piece of shit that was rise of skywalker is that on anyone's <laughs> top 10 list i mean it was all? it was close because i've seen so little this year but <laughs> i couldn't do it I couldn't do it. Uh, but uh, we shall start as always. So we we'll do this in like groups of three. We'll do our bottom three, the next three, next three, next three. Then we'll have an honourable mentions before you tell you our number one. You say bottom three like it's a bad thing. But no, no, like they're the bottom of the list. Like the ten to eight. Ten to yeah, eight. Ten eight. There we go. That's a good <laughs> there we thing. Go. Uh, so we'll start. Uh, Zane, do you want to start us off? Sure. Something um, highbrow. So this this was the first. I think this was the first movie I saw this year that I was like. Yes, I really like this movie. I need to remember it when I'm doing my top 10. <laughs> and it was a long way through the year. Um, and it's Fast Color. Oh. Yes. So this is uh, kind of like a post-apocalyptic or like water shortage uh, situation. Uh, all people of color 
and it's female kind of superhero or at least pe- people with powers uh, origin story. Yeah. It's okay. three, three generations of black women with superpowers. W- with a similar kind of superpower and how it kind of affects them in each different generation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's directed by Julia, Julia Hart, Hart who, yes. and she's the wife of... Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Jordan, Jordan Horowitz, Hor- who yeah. produced La La, and he's a famous guy who yeah. who took the envelope and said, "Oh no, wait, La La Land didn't Moonlight. win." Like that's mm-hmm. what he's famous for, and his wife is the one who directed this. I movie. like that he's not famous movie. for producing La La Land. He's famous for going, "Oh, it's not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We're not yeah. the best guys." Yeah, seen yeah. uh, But no, gr- really good movie. I, I this will show up at, at some point. Maybe <laughs> not in my top ten list, but <laughs> yeah, um, I hu- highly recommend it. I don't think I got. Anywhere near the amount of attention as I no. think it deserves, and it's yeah, um, very a TV show now. But they, they, yeah, Viola oh, yeah. Davis's yeah. company just brought the rights to make it a TV show, and I reckon it'll fit that landscape a bit better. It'll get a yeah. bit more eyeballs on it, but and also it does feel like the prequel to a bigger story. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, but very beautifully made, very beautifully, and the made. effects and the and the actual superpowerness yeah. of it was a very interesting. Way kind of uh, what was the TV show that was kind of X Men adjacent. That was the all inside people's heads. Oh, uh, Legion? Legion. Legion. It was kind of Legion-esque yeah. in how they oh, handled okay. the powers. Yeah. Um, Gugu Mbatha-Rawr is in the lead. The ch- she's the lady from San Junipero episode of Black Mirror. Yes. Very excellent. Wonderful. Uh, number nine <laughs> is the one that everyone knew had to be on this list was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, it is on your list. I mean, it is on my list. list. I'm glad you confirmed it then because I was going over the movies that came out this year and I'm like, it must be Once Upon a Time in London. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, it, the the title is actually Once Upon a Time in Ellipses, Hollywood. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, it's Tarantino. I do like it. It's actually playing in the background right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> But it's my least favorite of his films. But I do still really even, enjoy even, it because, yeah. like, w- like every Tarantino film is in your like top of all time anyway. Yeah, so, like. and I think I think today at least I'm very set on what my list of favorite to least favorite Tarantino is because <laughs> I was watching this, so I went through right, it in my head. Right. But yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I the dialogue is great as always. The Has visuals some really. Are- Great, great scenes. The my favorite is when they're shooting the episode of the Western show, and it's being shot from the point of view of the camera. And he's like on a reset, and you know the camera like rolls oh back. yeah yeah that's that great. Adore, those are the bits I love the most, and it's all of the Polanski Tate yeah. Manson thing that I didn't enjoy. Yeah, that's exactly that kind of like feels stitched into a Correct, to yeah. an actual Tarantino movie. Yeah. Um, and then number eight is for me is Little Women. Is is great. very 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 good film. Yeah. Um, go watch it. It's beautiful. It, it's a great adaptation, and this is the kind of adaptation I want to see more of rather than yeah. rebooting tired it, it, franchises. It, this will show up on my honorable mentions, spoiler alert, but I really like how it challenges the source material yeah, yeah, in a way that makes it it makes it fresh for people who know the source material and it makes it fresh for the people. And it just felt it made it feel like new and and modern. Yeah. yeah. Without it having to be the it's Little Women set in New York City in 2015. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and all the all the performances were really strong yes. as well. Um, and justice for Amy as well. Yes, they absolutely. Her. <laughs> also, just like props to Gerwig for like this being her sophomore film. Like, yeah. she, she, like, scales, she scales. She scales the work from because Lady Bird's quite an intimate movie, and this is quite a big movie, and she, it, she makes it look effortless. Mm. And I'm like looking at some of these ballroom scenes where there's like a hundred extras. I'm like, there is no way this is 
easy. Yeah. And she makes it look easy. It's really, really good. Uh, Chanster. Yeah, sure. We go from the, 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 the tippy top to the bitty bottom. Thanks. Wait, I'm the tippy top? Depressing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, so for number 10, look, all of my films are very subjective. I'm just going to put that out there because I know a lot of people didn't like this film and to them I say, fuck you, it's a great deconstruction of a genre. It's Isn't it romantic? Um I'm I not. It. I liked it quite. I, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Do not like I Rebel Wilson that very this was much. This year. <laughs> yes, because it's streaming, and that's how I saw it. And it dropped like, like right in February. Didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was yeah, early. Yeah. Um, I'm a really big fan of that filmmaker. Um, with Final Girls, Final before. Girls is, Final Girls is mm, by far the superior film. But isn't it romantic? Is still a really great fun deconstruction of a genre that I love. Another good use of Rebel Wilson as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I have to say I like they came together better. As, yes, as, I, I, as I see that. The rom com. I disagree, but I did love that you come <laughs> together. So thank you. Um, number nine is once again. I really haven't seen much, guys. Don't judge me so much. Stop it. Um, but you know, this is from a universe that has failed so much more than it's won. It's Shazam. Uh, Shazam was surprisingly good. I saw it on a whim when I was at work. And I had a two-hour break, so I was like, yeah, I'll just go watch him. It was either this or Hellboy, and... That was a I've, good choice. Yeah, no, I've mm. seen Hellboy now, and I made yeah. the right choice, guys. Mm-hmm. Shazam, yeah. it, it didn't do anything new so much for superhero genres. But it did it well. It did it well. Yeah, it which, wasn't DC making bad choices over and over again. And it That's wasn't. It was, it was also not just DC doing Marvel, because yeah. a lot of people said that about Wonder Woman as well, but I still think both Wonder Woman and Shazam are their own unique things, and it's good to see that you know, DC can do something. It was a great it, morning movie. Yeah. <laughs> it would be very interesting to see Shazam and Wonder Woman exist in the same universe. Which, I think that that would be uh, an interesting thing I mean, to observe. They technically do. I mean, that's what but. I mean. Like Shazam just shows up in Wonder Woman sequel. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> well, Wonder Woman sequel was set in the eighties, so I don't know if we Shazam, a different the, wizard. The other Shazam. Sh- the original oh, Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> what, the old guy yeah. or Black Shazam. Um, and Kazam. my. Uh, <laughs> My number eight, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Broken. Oh, you know, you know, when he was played by Sinbad, you remember that when yes. he was the genie? Yeah. Um, my number eight is Detective Pikachu. Once again, okay. really yeah. surprised. You haven't seen it yet, No, Jay. I haven't. I haven't. I'm surprised. I thought we saw I've it I've been together. meaning to and I've just never got around to it. I had a great time with this movie yeah, as well. It, it's yeah. really fun. It's great to see, like, because I would say this is probably the best video game movie. Absolutely. 100%. That's it would be very low, close. It's a low bar. Other, and interesting enough, shot on 35mm film, which really? is not the expected yeah. choice for this kind of mm. thing. But they did. Yeah, apparently it's sort of one of the things people are kind of grabbing onto that it has a distinct look to it. It, it does. It, it's, it's really well done. And I know it, the character designs of the Pokemon was designed by that guy who got famous off like Reddit from doing like realistic oh, Pokemon. Yes, yeah. And obviously they scaled it back and they didn't make it so disgusting, but some of them still <laughs> look a little weird. A little weird. Uh, Licky Tongue really freaked me out. Um, but no, it, it's a really great, fun movie. And Shane, you sh- really should watch it. It's, it's been on my pile and I just never got around to it. I mean, I think my response to this film on social media after I saw it was like, that's how you start a franchise. Yeah. Like it was so, it made you want to go into this world more. Mm. And f- maybe not these characters, but follow like different characters in, in through that same world. It's yeah. how you build a world, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It was yeah. a great world building, kind of setting the scene with 
with a great kind of emotional undertones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was really glad they... Like, they referenced the movie in a big way, but yeah. there's no, like, Ash Ketchum, Gary yes. Oak yeah, thing. Yeah. That, oh, God, that would have just been annoying. <laughs> I would say I love that reference to the movie. Yeah, like the yeah. whole... Yeah, that was... Uh, that we can't say because one of us at the okay. table hasn't seen it. Okay, I'll get around yeah. to it. I'll get Josh. Around. Oh, it's me. Hey. Uh, so, my number 10. Um, I saw this really, like, sort of late and recently, and it blew me away, and it's the last black man in San Francisco. I watch yes. this is Shane. This will show it's up like somewhere a, else. It's like a triple, <laughs> one of the triple features, and this is like Beauty Incarnate, and I'm shocked that it's slipping under the radar for most people. It got it got across. such a botched release. It's got no release so, in Australia here except none. for via. I have like an American iTunes account and an Apple TV kind of setup, right, so yeah. that I can get these things and watch them <laughs> and not have to wait two years. Yeah. This is probably like my favorite cinematography of yeah. the year. Like yep. it's just the way the use of light, use of like framing, blocking, just everything is almost perfection. And yeah. I, you can like pick, you know, one perfect shot. You just use this film. Yeah, that's the, this need. whole film has got just, just perfect, perfect shot, shot after perfect shot after perfect shot. There's a really cool shot in it that's from the point of view of a ball. A of child a ball, picks up the ball, thrown? throws it, and the camera moves <laughs> in the arc of the ball and yeah. lands on the ground. Um, it's a very beautiful film. It'll be coming up again yeah. Yeah, later in discussion. <laughs> and even just from, from a script and character level about like, and, and its themes is about like gentrification and just like all the themes of like, if you you can't hate in San Francisco unless you love it. So it's like all these brilliant messages. You can't hate your home unless, you can't hate yeah. a place unless you love it. It Unless you love time. it or live it, or like it's about it. home and the sense of what home is mm. for an individual as well as a culture. It's really, really beautiful, and it's one of those slice mm. of life things. But it's just got a bit more plot, which is why I think I grab onto it more right, than yeah. I do. That's true. Yeah, other slice of life. Yeah, it's just got it. just enough plot to keep me sort of more into it. I feel like I don't love Australia, though. I just hate it. <laughs> I feel fine. the same way. That's I feel, fine. I feel like right. I'm against this movie. Sorry, guys. Movie, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> What's well, not about Australia? Brisbane so as fine. a whole, and so is Darwin, and they're the two places I'd call my home. <laughs> That's fine. And moving on, my number nine is Marriage Story. Oh, okay. this will be showing up later on my list. Cool. Yeah, that's true. Um, I am a fan of Noah Baumbach, and actually, him and his wife are both on my list here. So that's funny. Um, yeah, this film really got me like hard. Having just recently sort of gone through like, a couple of years ago with my parents dealing with all that, and just like it just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I was a sack of shit on the couch just watching this movie. Yeah, I um, I would like to know just has has everyone here seen it? Yes. Uh, I haven't, but... I thought you did it. Oh, okay. No, no, okay, what what point got you? Because there was a very clear point for me that got me. Well, I think just in terms of like when the son, how he's speaking to his dad. Right, yeah, And yeah. sort of like just the emotional distancing. Yeah. Like those little moments got to me, but obviously the big fight itself like broke me Scarlett down. Scarlett Johansson's monologue was where yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, driver where Driver breaks down and says, mm. I hate you and I hope you get a mm. disease and then you walk out on the street mm. and a, tra- and a, yeah, a bus hits you and you because die. And like him realising just the depth of his own yeah. rage and how ashamed yeah. he yeah. is of it. That was Because that speaks amazing. to when you can... The people, how you can hurt people the most is when you love them. Like that's... Yeah. Like, I love how funny it is too. Yes. Funny. It, even in the deepest... And it doesn't break the tragedy to be funny the funniest part of the tragedy like yeah. the lawyers especially it's just god perfectly. i hated i hated dern so much it, the female good lawyer. like good hate yeah good yeah, hate. Yeah, good, yeah, good yeah, hate. Yeah, i was totally, like yeah. oh, josh shut got up got some sandwiches we got <sighs> some sandwiches i'll get, get the thing you know oh it's really good yeah um and i thought when i was watching it that it was based on a play 
not based on a play. It's just written, written for film. Based on his um, breakup with yeah, yeah. I was going to say <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Lee. based on real life. But it's, but it's, it's even shot like there is a play yeah. of mm-hmm. it. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite little comedic beat from it, like to be more lighthearted, is um, I forget the actress' name, but she plays the sister. She's also in Unbelievable, the TV yeah, show, yeah. and she's just dealing with oh. how, do, how do I give them the envelope? And yeah. then like her she entrance, has like, it's just she like, has like one scene, and she mm. steals the movie <laughs> almost. But I also really love um, the caseworker. Like if the, I was yeah. representing you, no, you are representing. Yeah, but if I was representing, <laughs> yeah. you, it was just so perfect. I do have one question about it. as someone who hasn't seen the film. Yeah. Um, Noah Baumbach, uh, great writer. Is it as good as his best screenplay, Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted? How dare you bring that up? <laughs> he did that so he had the money it? to do the other following. Yeah, he had at least wrote up for money. It. Okay, mm. all right, I'm in. <laughs> if you wanted a real answer. <laughs> Zane provided. Are you number eight? Thank you, Zane. Yeah, thank you. My number eight is, oh my God, this was, I kept changing this so many times. There's like a little crosses in my little notes here, but I decided to set it on, not set it on because it's fucking amazing, nice out. Ryan Johnson, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, this is a whodunit for fans of whodunit, but also for people who've never watched a whodunit before. And it's fucking great because it recontextualizes the entire genre within like the first like act. and still delivers the and goods. Still fucking delivers the goods. Um, cast perfection, script perfection. Have it's, you seen it, Zane? I have. Yes. There is a moment about. 15, 20 minutes in because I was like watching. I'm like, okay, I love this. I love what it's doing. And then fifteen to twenty minutes in, I'm like, hang on, what? Right. I, what and they just they just doing that and i was like it just had me from that point on i was like so you're saying it's better than adam sandler's murder mystery is that on your top 10 god no uh, i thought it would be no, of course <laughs> i was gonna not. say did you, did you watch that instead of nice out because you would love this <laughs> fucking film now yeah, I, I watched that and i watch a christmas prince three uh, the royal baby because i was like i i need the top murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so... Yeah, move um, on, Shane. My, my top three... The, the the bottom one is a technically a tie. Um, oh, fucking oh. hell, Shane. How many ties do you have? Only the one. Okay. Because I, okay. I had to include... So, it, technically, it's like a number 11, but uh, The Irishman. I had to include okay. this on, yeah. on my list because I saw it in a cinema. I liked it a lot, but I wasn't like, oh, my God, it blew me away. But after I left the cinema and I'm still every now and then parts of that movie are like in my head and they're like taking root and the ideas and the images and the thoughts and the emotions, especially the last 30 minutes. And everyone kind of talks about that a lot. And I know mm. it's sort of a cliche to say it, but the last 30 minutes are really, it, it's such an antithesis to the brouhaha of, you know, like I, I get Martin Scorsese's gangster stuff is, it's, it, it's none of it's like endorsing the gangster activities, but unfortunately in a fight club-esque style. Is. It definitely is. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it definitely is. But what I, what I, but I, they're all I tragedies agree with you. Though. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, so in that way, it's not like live fast, will... die hard. Yeah. Like okay. that's, that's a whole thing. But I, I agree. This isn't on my list. This is going to be in my honorable mentions, but like you can, it's, it's the end. Scorsese has hit that point where, He's getting old, and you can tell that he's getting old because he's starting to put that into his stories. Yeah, and <laughs> The Irishman yeah. is a movie. Like I, I, I said when I, I finished watching, it, I was like, if, if, God forbid, Martin Scorsese passes away between this movie and his the next whatever one he was going to do, 
this is a really interesting final film and mm. not a lot of filmmakers have a great final film. You know, oh, right. they usually peter out and do some real turd of a movie later on in life. But this would be a really interesting bookend to his yeah. career that sort of mm-hmm. kind of started with Mean Streets and ends with this. It's, it's really... It just it's very beautiful. It says a lot. It has a lot to say. It's very long. It is a bit of an endurance test, but I kind of didn't feel that even in a cinema. I was there for mm. three and a half hours and the people next to me who were watching a, a UFC fight match on their phones, they had trouble with it, <laughs> but I did not. <laughs> I, Shane, uh, the fact that your reason for having a tie is that it's still with you and it's still in your head and you can't get it out. The fact that that's your cats reason. Should be on the list. Cats should be on my list then. Because <laughs> I have not stopped it's thinking in about my head in Every a night way. I go to bed, it flashes in my mind. Chanel and I each have different songs from that goddamn movie in our head each night before we go to sleep. I'm like, Make what's in your head? She's like, one. it's Mr. Mistopheles. No, I'm not doing. I'm not tying it for any reason. It doesn't deserve to be there, but it's always there. Right. And I well, this can't is always in my head out. for a good reason. And I reckon it's one of those ones where you're going to watch it again. You're going to watch it again, and it's going to grow. A lot of these films in my top ten, I managed to see at least a second time. Oh, great! And all except I, so I haven't seen the Irishman, which is why it's sort of down the bottom. Yeah, it, it just the it, it's it's I watch it and I get it, and then the feeling about it grows and grows and grows. It's sort of like a feedback loop as opposed to something like Rise of Skywalker I saw it and I was very lukewarm on it but then the more it stayed the worse it gets like mm-hmm. it's this yeah. diminishing kind of thing but anyway The Irishman is tied with a movie called Tigers Are Not Afraid oh um, I wanted to see that well so then um, it's a, a Mexican oh, it's kind of a very uh, Pan's labyrinth kind of story but set in modern Mexico about kids orphaned from gang violence um and it's this fantasy thing there's you know there's three wishes there's all these kind of elements in it it's a very beautiful very very touching movie from a filmmaker Issa lopez and del toro has seen it and he's championed it and gotten it sort of out there i watched it on shutter which is an american streaming service which i have through my apple tv um just putting all your crimes out there for everyone to hear these aren't crimes there is nothing illegal about what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) <laughs> but uh, coming. it's a very beautiful, very touching film, and it's it's stayed with me, and it's very complex and rich. It's just it's it's very like it's very my shit. Like I love yeah. Del Toro, and this is and it's not like oh she's just mimicking Del Toro. It's her own thing. It's just in that you know feel. It's Del Toro esque. Yeah, Del Toro esque, and and so I really love it. Um, and then my number nine is Knives Out. Yep. I've seen this yep. twice now. I adore it. It gets better. I'm about to go and watch it on Tuesday with Ryan Johnson's commentary that he puts out. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm Which dying to try on Twitter. I love that he's done that because yeah, that's fun. If I had already seen the movie, you know I'd be there with you, Shane. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then my number eight, uh, and it wasn't when I first saw it, and then I saw it a second time, and I'm like, oh no, this is yeah, it's Doctor Sleep. Yes. Cool. Um, if, if this movie has I love horror I love Mike Flanagan there's no way this wasn't going to end up somewhere on my list but it also touches on a lot of things deeply personal to me and very specific to me um, mm. about like childhood vampires. trauma and stuff Doctor Vampires <laughs> oh <laughs> like soul vampires I thought they were energy vampires yes, yes they, they are kind they are. of they, yeah. they're, they're people who vape children essentially <laughs> that's what that's what happens but she's actually so it's it's a really great horror movie that doesn't play into a lot of horror movie tropes I think it's brilliantly yeah. acted brilliantly put together the design aspects are great the score is really underrated props to Newton Brothers again yeah um, and I think Ewan McGregor does a really fantastic job as well as um, Rebecca Ferguson yeah, he as, really underplays and also he really underplays it which is yeah. not a Ewan McGregor thing to and do also, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. the young girl that plays Ava 
Abra. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Abra. Yeah. She's very, very good. It's just, it's all my. So there's psychic children. There's horror things. It's, you know, it's it's all my kind of stuff. But it's wrapped in this really poignant story about childhood trauma. Um, and and I really think it references me. the original Perfect. just enough. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like yes. it, it rewards you if you are familiar with it, but it mm. doesn't alienate you if you're not. So it's Correct. not Ready Player One, is what you're saying? No. Oh, far from it. <laughs> and also like Henry Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy Henry shit. Thomas shows up as um, a certain iconic par- character and he does a really, really good job. But yeah, Doctor Sleep, I saw it twice and it confirmed and I cannot wait for the three-hour director's cut to come out on say, media. Yeah. Uh, Zane, your next three. Ah, okay. So seven to five. This is my The Trilogy. <laughs> Number seven is The Nightingale. Oh, yes. This I've is heard so many good things. Brutal. Yeah. But beautiful. And very necessary. I think every Australian should watch this film at least once. This will show up in yep. my list. Good, I'm glad. Um, the Nightingale, it's basically an Australian colonial story um, about mistreatment of both convicts and First Nations people. And women. Well, well, yes, women. Uh, especially convict. It's a convict woman. Yeah. It's a convict woman story of revenge, basically, for the, uh, the, the British trooper that mistreated her um and the the guide that she hires to find him uh i'm not going to give too much away but it is be prepared like the first first half an hour is one of the hardest things i've ever this is like schindler's list level hard to sit through it i will say it's it's like a 20 minute rape scene no 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 wait yeah 20 not 20 minutes it's not the rape scene isn't there that are long, there are five the rape scene scenes is... in the film and the first four the first four happen in the first twenty minutes. You guys aren't selling it well now. <laughs> okay. I was in. They're, they're, I'm out. It's basically oh, okay. I get the, what you mean. Yeah, the it's big assault rape goes for a long time, um, and rape is not the worst crime that is committed there. Correct. Um, oh but and what, but once you pass that, mm. then the movie kind of has a lot to say about. Why and what that was, and it's not exploitative. The way she yeah. sh- and even the way she shoots it is not exploitative. Absolutely, it's just it, it's it's that's what I I was half expecting that. And and the thing that just surprised me is Jennifer Kent. She kind of wields like the camera and the cut and the form of filmmaking. Mm. It's sort of like she's making it like I described this in my letterbox review. If anyone follows me there, as a scalpel, and she's cutting. She's making these very specific cuts at points, and it's it's ne- it's a really necessary mm. film, I reckon. And I'm really annoyed that it didn't kind of get as much love in Australia as it deserved. Like so love, yeah, I, I feel like you know. it, it's a like just from what I've heard, it's an important movie for Australians to watch, especially because so many people I personally know don't know this sort of stuff. It's not important for the highfalutin reasons that a lot of people will say, oh, this is important. It's important because, like, you're going to be uncomfortable, Mm. but this is telling you something you need to hear. And it's not... And it's also not a... It's not an an isolated... This happened a long time ago. Like, this this is a very real story told, set in colonial times. Right. Um, Just kind of about power and misuse of power. Uh, So, number seven was The Nightingale. <clears throat> Number six is the lighthouse. Cool. Um, this is uh, oh, okay, interesting. I love this movie. Really? Yeah, this is Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, yeah. two-hander, uh, just kind of isolated on a lighthouse, and one of them is very possessive of the lighthouse. The other one. Just There'll be enchantment in the light. Yeah, and it sounds that that voice is not an exaggeration. Willem Dafoe does a 
really they're, they're speaking like pirates the whole movie pat uh, pattinson doesn't he just speaks like a new yorker um <laughs> but willem dafoe puts on a sailor accent and that's kind of part of it I and it, it really delves into like is this happening it's kind of shutter island like is this happening or is this one person's view of what is happening and are we going crazy or are they going crazy what's the point of conflict here um it's very interesting uh i kind of got a lot of the witch vibes what's the director of the witch but also i got a lot of um not the arrival the other one where like something landed and everything started going crazy the color out of space um it was a netflix original and there was like a Giant crocodile. Oh, that one. Oh, annihilation. 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 A lot yes. of annihilation. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like what's going on? Is this real? Sort of yeah. stuff. Okay. I, I saw the cool. lighthouse and I, I think it's very interesting. I loved a lot of the technical things that they did. Especially some of those camera moves, those really yeah. vertical camera moves are really quite good, but I just had a difficult time getting into the abstractness and I don't I'm not normally hard to get into that i just found this one i don't know what it is maybe it'll grow on me um yeah. but i just I mean, found it hard to get i'm into. a little crazy at the moment so <laughs> maybe that was just it made it a bit easier but that final scene the final scene was just i loved what what happened um so i'm not going to spoil anything have you seen um, they compared it, the final shot of the witch and the final shot of the lighthouse and they're like oh it's the same shot no i in, have inverted in these really cool ways it's a very it's an interesting like it's almost like a sister a brother yeah. to the witch it's the male flip side right yeah. of it it's really really fascinating in that respect i reckon i'll definitely probably revisit it at some yeah. point but not immediately i yeah okay. it, like it's not an easy film to watch no. but i really liked it okay cool. um and and defoe yeah defoe's performance initially is like what the heck is he doing <laughs> is this a comedy <laughs> yes but then it kind of totally justifies itself it's really really good when he farts like the f- in the first <laughs> five minutes and you're like wait really yeah. <laughs> is uh, it an oscar award-winning fart maybe i or- wouldn't be surprised if he was nominated i don't think he would win for this oh man i hope like the preview they show before it's <laughs> just him farting <laughs> yep. i mean it happens more than once are the so. farts as good as swiss army man farts i would say that they're better okay. because they're more awkward oh yeah, okay i yeah. like that take yeah. correct thematic yeah. farts yeah. is what because they they kind of they're kind of like when tensions are really high it happens and you don't know whether it's going to snap and make things violent or make things everyone laugh. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, it's- wow, okay. <laughs> um, so, I say, so the Nightingale, the Lighthouse and number five for me is the Farewell. Um, nice. I'm sure that Brilliant. this will appear on someone else's list. Um, it's really well told um, and a really beautiful story. Really um, beautifully made too. I, her decision to not, cover things to put this mm. static camera for like a whole scene and it's just off like beautifully shot beautifully shot um i i don't think i don't i don't really have much to say about the farewell because i didn't go in to watch it as like to analyze it i was just kind of going in to watch a movie and i just loved every part of it i haven't revisited it yeah um but i definitely will re- yeah will revisit it and yeah i think this is a this is a, a movie that literally everyone can watch. Yes, yeah, this is 100% a, or the whole family movie. Yeah, great. So that's that's seven to five. Yep. All right, Chance so my that. seven to five. My seven uh, is a tie. We've uh, <laughs> um, cats. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been stuck in my head. Reasons that you gave. Sh- it's cat. No, it's not cat. Uh, 
No, it, it uh, it's really tied because I don't think either of these films deserve to be in a top ten, and they're both. <laughs> so they're in your top ten. <laughs> so they're in my top ten. Your top what else 10. have I watched, guys? Um, so yeah, my seven will be uh, Endgame and Far From Home. Um, both I really like. Oh, Spider Man. Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man, that Far From was Home. this year, yeah. like in twenty nineteen. Jesus. Um, and Endgame, you know, uh, pretty much the only thing like I really liked about it is the fact that I didn't hate the time travel. I really thought I was going to. The moment you fucking introduce time travel into a universe, like I'm gonna get pissed, but I, I, I was okay with it. And uh, Far From Home shouldn't have happened because like Endgame, I was like, great, I'm done, fine. And then like two months later, there's a new yeah. Spider-Man movie, and I'm like, yeah, but I like Spider-Man, mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't going in with high expectations, but. Mysterio's story was good enough for me to be like, yeah, no, that, that was that was good. Really underwhelming, guys. I'm telling you, I've got a terrible list. I had a, I had a bad <laughs> reaction to Far From Home, and I think really? it was just because I was so... It might be a good movie. I'm just so fatigued from Marvel, and I was so yeah. fatigued by the time I got to Endgame that Spider-Man comes out, and I watched it, and I watched it in like a triple feature day where I saw The Tree of Life, uh, the Terrence Malick movie, what? on a cinema. Oh, then God. I saw... Um, uh, I think Spider-Man: Far From Home, and then I saw Crawl. Oh, yeah, and that's, oh, it's crawl, it's the, the perfect uh, trilogy. Perfect <laughs> trilogy. Perfect. Could not be more disparate movies. Um, and uh, it was easily the weakest. Oh, uh, the Terrence Malick one is Terrence Malick. It's not bad. But anyway, my point is, I just didn't really have that much investment in the mm. moment, and I have not had any desire to go see it again afterwards. I mean, yeah, yeah Far From Home. The reason I went to see Far From Home was because I loved Homecoming so much. Same. Yeah. And they did exactly what they didn't. They they did exactly the opposite of Homecoming, as they yes. went made it bigger and more spectacle. Mm, correct. I'm like, I don't want that. Get it away the from tiny me. John yeah, Hughes uh, movie or whatever. And, and the ending annoyed me because I was like, well, now you've made it too big. Yeah. Uh, and, and now Spider Man controls the world. Yeah. Um, and the, the the next movie, I'm just not interested. And in. Endgame. I enjoyed it when I first mm. watched it, but the only scene on the rewatch that I enjoy is uh, is Tony Stark and Nebula and in the opening right. when when they're, they're kind of starving and then bonding, I guess. And then after that, after it gets kind of science fiction, I'm out. My one thing that I did appreciate the most about Endgame is the shot they chose to end it on. I was like, I like that. Yeah. That's that's not the big everyone grouped together or some team shot. It was something very intimate and small. And I was like, oh, that's a a much smarter way to end a movie that big is to end it on something that small. Mm. Um, and now we're into my only films that I think deserve to be on a top ten. <laughs> uh, now we're up to uh, six, six. six. Six is, uh, I feel maybe I'm biased towards it, but it's just such a me sort of film. It was Two Heads Creek. I really yep. fucking loved That's, Two Heads Creek. It is a you uh, film. It, yeah, it's mm. totally a me film. Uh, it's, a, it's a feature film. It was shot up in... Northern Queensland. Australian horror. Yeah. Australian-British Australian co-production yeah, horror. co-production. The, the only thing I really didn't like was the opening scene in England. That was just kind of meandering. Yep. But the rest of the movie, as soon as they got to Australia, I, I was loving it every step of the way. So they underused Kerry Armstrong, though. But I yep. really liked how much it was willing to just go after shit Aussies who celebrate Australia Day. It oh. was so fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I was, it, it was just like going after it. And I was like, okay, they'll, they'll have a couple of jokes and then they'll under... No, they just kept going for it. And I was like, okay, I appreciate this kind of zeal <laughs> yeah. to go after something so sacred as this. Uh, it had a very short run in cinemas, but once it goes to streaming services or, or home, 
uh, home media. Yeah, give it a watch. Give it a watch. Give it Absolutely. a watch. It is it is a really fun uh, Peter Jackson, early Peter Jackson-esque yes. sort of film, yeah. Yeah. which is why it's just so in my ballhouse. I don't think this will be on many other people's uh, top, top ten. tens, but hey, it's a me sort of film. Also, I wrote a review of it. Right. The very first person to read it was the director, and then I felt really uncomfortable. It was great. <laughs> Especially because like, it has a lot of technical issues. It's yeah. a cheap Australian film. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole fight sequence where it's really obvious that the main actors are doing their own stunts, and they are not stunt people. But I, <laughs> I can see through that because I'm having a great time. But I was yeah. like, look, I totally understand if you can't. Um, but yeah, that was... Hui... <laughs> Director reading my stuff. And finally, number five, uh, Booksmart. Okay, excellent. Booksmart is a movie, I, I, I will admit, I genuinely forgot it had come out this year. I thought it was last year, but I saw it was in 2019. It yeah, I saw it with you, and it's just such a... It's a classic genre that has been done way too many times, but done with fresh eyes enough that it made it good. A lot of people compared it to Superbad, I disagree. There's a lot less date rape in this one, so... <laughs> That's a positive. Yeah, and also it doesn't it doesn't revisit jokes over and over again like Super Bad does. Yeah, uh, it's a more elegant comedy. It's mm. gonna be on my list it's at a, some it's, point. It's, it's gonna this. be on my list too. Yeah. It's, on it's my a list better too. directed Mean Girls. Yeah. Mean Girls yeah, has yeah. a great script. I put the scripts maybe on par with each other, performances maybe on par with mm. each other, but Olivia Wilde brought the fucking guns yeah. Yeah. with how she shot it, how she sound designed it, all the choices. She kept continually making really smart, really. Uh, unique choices that mm. make it, that film stand out. And Gigi, one <laughs> of the best side characters yeah. of the year, just perfectly Billy cast. Lord crushing uh, it. Uh, yeah. I, I love, cause I think you told me it after the, uh, the fact, Shane, um, how the Uber driver being the principal yeah. was purely, oh, we lost an actor or something. So they had to just, <laughs> and it just makes things so much yeah, better. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. That 100%. is a director at work solving problems <laughs> and making every, things better. Every decision she's making to fix things is also in line with the ideas within the story, which that's the challenge of directing. Yeah. It's not coming up with cool ideas. Everyone can come up with cool ideas. Mm. It's when you've had to get rid of those cool ideas, can you come up with stuff that still fits the film? Yeah. Um, so, yes. Cool. Uh, Josh. Hey, hey. Um, so my number seven is again. This was like shuffled around a lot, but it's us. Cool. Um, nice. Another. This will show up. Another directorial sophomore effort. Um, to a seven, 2017 film by Jordan Peele. Loved it. I rewatched it actually two days ago or so again. And doppelgangers scare me, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> fucking like. Am I the only person who doesn't have a doppelganger phobia? I don't have a doppelganger. The thing I I'd hate love to meet my doppelganger. Stay out of the basement, that fucking plant dad. <laughs> don't like that. The thing I hated most mm-hmm. about the Star Wars prequels is because in episode four, when they just absentmindedly mentioned the Clone Wars, I assumed mm. it was just a clone of doppelgangers and you'd have to kill yourself and it'd be like a whole war where the entire thing is, it's, like it's the- not me, it's him. That terrifies me. Like and then the, it was like, nah, it's just a bunch of fucking Boba Fett. It's like the clone of Homer's is coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but this is like great performance. Lapita mm. is like crushing she it. Needs yeah. to both win. her roles and how she's carrying like almost the entire film but also balancing between yeah. like the different... And it rewards a rewatch watching her in both performances Absolutely. after you watch it the first time. It yeah. really rewards you watching her, especially her I as- really feel like it was made specifically for that reason like yeah. with that in mind and what's um, interesting is 
your first watch, you're watching Red. You're watching her, the alter ego, because it's such a it's a very big showy performance, but it's very controlled. And what happens in the rewatch is you watch the other one. Now you yeah, now yeah. you're not going to be surprised by that. You're watching the other one, and then you're like, oh, I get the and full it rewards duality. you immensely. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, even now, like this is like my fourth watch of it, and I'm just like, this is so mm. rich. And the score, one the of score. the best scores of the yeah. year. The the yeah. only reason it's not on my top ten list is because I think thematically it is perfect. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm 100% in. But the moment We're I started Americans. thinking about the logistics <laughs> of the plot, I was like, oh no, it falls apart. Yeah. I, I can I'm, put that I'm, aside. I'm 100% with you. Is yeah. like, as soon as that third act switch comes around, I'm like, oh, how does that actually, where are they? And then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm it's, kind of it's, out. It's a little like shuffled yeah. over. It's just like, hey, mm. they're there now. And, and, and is it the mechanics yeah. of the yeah. tethered? Yes, it's, it's, right. the, it's the mechanics. I think... Is it spiritual? Is it scientific it based? It suffers yeah. Yeah. because Get Out was so meticulous. Yes. yes. So I wasn't, I wasn't ready to forgive this film not being that meticulous. I agree. Right. True. Because, Which is why it's not on my top 10. It was still on my honourable mentions. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it, the 10. fact that it gives a one-line reason to mm. why it's happening, I was like, oh, don't do that. No. If they didn't even bother, I would have liked it more. Mm. But the fact that they just mentioned one thing and they weren't meticulous about it. Yeah, that's true. Great movie, though. Uh, just beautiful. I mean, he's, he's one of the best... Like to, to have your first and second excited. films that yeah. competent and yeah. that good and that original and genre, yes, yeah, and genre, yeah. Which is why I, I'm most excited to see whatever he comes out with. Yeah, now. that Agreed. Nazi hunter killing show. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll explain it. Uh, my number six is Doctor Sleep. Nice. Cool. Um, the only thing I, I, I love to add on it is like I love how it reconciled both worlds. Yeah, it reconciled so. Like the beautifully the source material of the books and the adaptation of the film and it bridges them both in a way because it's basically got three things it's got the book it's got uh the adaptation of the book and then it's got uh the adaptation of this book of dr sleep which is a sequel to the book not the movie and also yeah. it's and it kind of balancing the miniseries as well yes yeah. and it does what? all three in a way um, okay it does all three of those things those all three of those things should not work together they are mm. distinctly at odds with each other, and this movie makes them work together. It's quite kind of mind-boggling the juggling yeah. act that he's pulling. I have off. something totally useless to say about this film. Sure. Do it. I'm just really glad that Stephen King did not have a cameo. I oh, thought he, he did. Yeah. Did he? Where was it? Oh no, maybe not. No, oh, no, I'm thinking it. of it. You're thinking of it. There was so egregious in it. I came into Doctor Sleep. Dreading this, <laughs> this totally pointless scene with it just gets Stephen. Yeah, he was just going to be a ghost sucking dick or something. But the mirror, <laughs> from, the mirror from Oculus makes a cameo. Yeah, yeah the, oh, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, uh, I, I really wish I saw Doctor Sleep. I do want to know what does Doctor, what does Doctor, what does Stephen King think of it? Because I he know liked he, it. He, he loved it. He, he approved it. the script. He approved the script. Because Mike Flanagan wasn't going to do it if Stephen King didn't approve yeah. the script. Really? Yeah, because yeah, so. Stephen King has such a history of yeah. of the, dissing the <laughs> works he does. Yeah. The, the third act. <laughs> the third act is where it deviates from like deviates and tries to mm-hmm. reconcile, but balance reckon, it. Yeah. Um, and that's where he's like, "Oh no, he might not approve it." But then King's like, "No, I love it." Right. Like, Go for I, it I'm keen for it because Mike Flanagan is uh, as yeah. a director. Is just flawless. and you haven't even watched I haven't Haunting even of Hill House. No, exactly. <gasps> yeah, oh my god! The, the you had the director's cut now and the director's cut of Top of Sleep coming out, so you you're, you're set. I'll, I'll get you have there. no excuses. 
And number my, five. Number five is book smart as well. Yeah. Because nice. I felt coming out of this, I wanted to instantly go back in and yeah. watch it again. No, I agree. It left such a warm feeling in my heart and I loved how sincere it was because a lot of teen comedies are trying to be like post postmodernist be like have an edge to it and this mm. was just like pure and simple fun. I it's so unironic. It felt unironic. real. Yeah, yeah. It, felt it felt like yeah. real teenagers Absolutely. doing what real teenagers would do in a slightly heightened situation because it is a movie and the kind of people that they're representing. Mm. Um but yeah, as I said, we will talk about this again later on. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We absolutely will. Well, we'll talk about it now because my number seven is Booksmart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am... It's funny, the two main characters, you have Beanie Feldstein, who was the bookish character who never went to parties to basically meet, and that was me. Yeah. And then you also have the gay character and I was just like and I don't mean to reduce her to that but I was just like oh it's me and they divided me up and made me two protagonists <laughs> in the movie uh, it was really good and I really like how central the queer character was and mm. her queerness and her story and all of that but without it it's not a coming out story it's not any no. kind of that thing her parents are weirdly supportive and that's a really great joke <laughs> yeah. of the film Like that, that's honestly yeah. one of my favourite presentations of a, f- a yeah. family where, where the parents just yeah. weren't quite Sure, whether they were allowed to call her a girlfriend yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of the parents from Easy A. Yeah, oh, how I much love I them. loved them. You're in adopted, that. Um, and like I said, just the way she shot it. You know, she does long takes, a slow mo, shooting it anamorphic. And have you seen the comparisons of the opening shot to the ending shot? Like oh, they're no, really like you're like, oh, this movie has layers and layers, and they're listening to her choices for the sound design and all these kind of things. She just took everything and went with it in every aspect of the film uh, production just the presentation of like the high school life and Mm. all the supporting like cast is everything how authentic it felt yeah like, yeah, it was. It it's a it's what it, it comes at a directorial debut in the same way. And I said this, and I feel like people disagree. But like the way that Scorsese comes at Mean Streets, mm. this is the way she's come at this. And it's a different genre. It's a different time period. Or different, you know, all that kind of thing. But she comes at it with that kind of energy where you're just like, holy shit! I cannot wait to see what she does next. And she's yeah. doing like a horror thriller thing. And I'm just oh, I'm, yeah. I'm right. there. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm so there. excited. Uh, my number six is the French film Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, the period lesbian romantic drama. Uh, the first time I saw this, it was kind of sitting on my honorable mentions. I liked it a lot. And there was a lot of good things in it. And then I decided to see it again. I watched it again with Josh. And the second viewing just like hit me like a ton of bricks. It has one of my all-time favorite final shots just any movie ever. But it's the best. Like that final shot of this movie is the best shot of the year. I'm going to put that out there. Absolutely. That's my favourite shot In addition to score as well. It's well, like, well, it has no score. That's the point. Exactly, yeah. Sound <laughs> design's really great, but like, it, it's absent of score because it only has two music cues, one at the middle and one at the very end. Um, and it's so good. It's slow burn, but it is beautiful. It's, it's, it's the version, that, the thing, the emotions that I wanted to feel in Call Me By Your Name and I didn't feel from that, I yeah. feel from this one. Absolutely. This, in this waves. Is a, this is a queer love story told exceedingly well yes um it's about desire and look and the gaze and it's all these things like in call me by your name and i know i harp on about it but that pan away from the sex to a tree yeah an arbitrary thing and this movie doesn't this movie goes up to a close-up and you see the saliva connecting the lips and and i think i think that's the reason is because this this is about women we're allowed to see that yeah Um, i assumed it was because it was a french film 
Oh, I mean that as well. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but it's a French female lesbian director. She's queer yeah. herself, so it's like also you know she's not going to sort of shy away. She's not tied down by those kind yeah. of conventions. Whereas already. I think there was a lot of controversy surrounding that decision in Call Me by Your Name. Whereas I think there would be no controversy about whether or not to include that sort of. Uh, image in in, in this one. And, I've and seen it, wild things. I saw it when I was four. <laughs> yeah, it it's and, and like it is a great film. It didn't make my list, but it was a very very good it's, film. And and beautiful performances, specific like it's it's mostly a two hander, and they are really really good. And I've never seen them before, but they kind of grab you because this has no score to take you through. It's slow burn, and they're holding you for the whole duration of the film. I was like, I was glued, and it's really beautiful. I think that the the, the last ten minutes especially mm. are just permanently in in my head space at all times i'm going to be referencing this every time i do some kind of love story some mm. intimate love story between two people i'm going to be referencing this movie uh and my number five is us uh, I don't care that they don't explain the mechanics and of it because okay. <laughs> it almost sits at this abstract level for yeah, me. Yeah, but they as say one line. You know, That's what ruined it for me. If they didn't give that one line, I'd be there with you. But and I think if that the abstract was present through more of the film. Mm. I would be able to yeah, okay, forgive yeah. it, but because it is such a line in the mm. sand where it becomes the abstract or you have to start grappling with it, that is where I come up with the conflict. Right. And, and honestly, that's the only reason it's not. Yeah, a it's legitimately yeah. the um, only reason. But even, just from the opening of that really slow zoom out on the rabbits with that, mm-hmm. me, da, like I was just like, I am here for whatever <laughs> the hell he's throwing down. But the shot that precedes it as well was just her face, like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Like the the the, the carnival scene, the the, the shining shot. He, the he shining shot, took yeah. a lot from the shining, yes. all this kind of thing. I was just everything he was putting down. I was there for. I love it. I think he's like Gerard Gerwig with Little Women. He scales up his craft very, very well. The filmmaking mm. extends. You know, the music extends. It was just. I was there for all of it. It. Was, I I I loved it. And I the first time I saw it, I was like four and a half out of five. And then the second time, I was like, yes, yeah, five. I don't care. <laughs> it's five out of five for me. Uh, Zane. Uh, okay, so my two to four, two movies that have been mentioned before. Number four is Marriage Story. Nice. Um, I love Adam Driver. I've loved Adam Driver since Girls. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, so this, I mean, Scarlett Johansson's great in it, as are all mm-hmm. of the all of the lawyers, Alan, uh, Alan Alda and um, yeah. uh, Laura Dern. Laura Dern and and the. Family, the vivacious one, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, Marriage Story is a really, it's it. I can't imagine it not. I've never been through a divorce, either vicariously or not. So, and it still hit me because that was my question. Because my family did go through a divorce, but it mm. was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was, I, it was a yeah, joyous yeah. thing. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll have like the same. It does address the ways in which does. it heals the. Th- the family does, yeah. unit oh, great. as well, yeah. cool. not not in as much depth as it, yeah. it details the actual splitting of it. But I, as a child of divorce, I was like, and it really, it really takes you into that story rather than yeah. like this is your story. I, I'm not sure. It's a very it's, specific. Yeah, it's like a it's like a a, a, a second person's. Oh, no, it's no second person is we. Yeah, it's it's really like you're looking at these characters and empathizing with them rather than. 
putting yourself in their place. Okay, right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really well done. Um, the script is excellent, and yeah. the, every performance is almost perfect. Yeah, I can't yeah. really fault the film. It's not on my top ten. It'll be in yeah. my honourable mentions, but I can't really fault it. Yeah. Like, it, I was just watching it, I'm like, yeah, like, that's a complete great movie. Yeah. And it's definitely like a... F- like a full plate of a film as well, yes, but it's so yeah. enriching and also inspiring at the same time as well as being like, you're going through this like catharsis and yeah. everything. And I think this is also a film that you can show to, I mean, again, you could show it to like a 10 year old who is going, whose parents are going through a divorce. I think this would be an educational, it would, it's, it's a big film for that, Yeah, but it's like, it's not made for that. But I think you, even a child could understand like, the base to show them that their parents are people, yes. um, right? And yes. they still everything is about the child, but it's the divorce isn't because of the child. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a really beautiful story. Number three is Booksmart. Great. Um. I love that Zane has seen like the more artsy the films, and the Booksmart is the highest on your list. That's good to hear. I'm really yeah. glad. It's a really good film. It this that is the genre done almost perfectly i can't tell you how to do it more perfectly because i'm not a filmmaker but uh <laughs> but booksmart like at no point did going into booksmart i had no expectations i was just like i'm at the movies let's go see what's showing and booksmart and then it was about 10 minutes in i was like okay this is really funny and then i by the third act when like things were having emotional payoff and they weren't Mm -hmm. making the same mistakes that every teen movie ever makes and treats teens like they're going to have happily ever after after high school ends because they had this one night that ended well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) um, Like it was was really cathartic to me as a very old person who's not in high school anymore I no longer relates to coming of age stories it wasn't a coming of age stories it was like we're moving from one stage of our life to another stage Absolutely. of our life where we will continue growing yeah, yeah. Um, and it it's very rewatchable I've seen it three yeah. times this year it was the past year like it's really good yeah and so my number two which could have been my number one these can go in either order is Midsummer. nice great I love <laughs> this film I like I don't know which I prefer over Hereditary or Midsummer. To me, oh. they are very comparable. Yep. Um, that, this is the first time I've ever heard that. Every, I haven't seen Midsummer, but everyone <laughs> oh I've seen God. is like, nah, it's the worst. Although that's probably no. people who didn't like Hereditary either. Yeah, they probably, they're like, they're, they're probably who like, Hereditary is really good until the last 10 minutes. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> those those <laughs> people, they do not understand Hereditary. Yeah, this... I probably on my first watching I probably took away the wrong thing as I just wanted to join the cult like I was like fine if that's the price of admission if we just have to kill five people every 90 years done I'll join it'll be fine (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, but just the way that the tension builds in this two and a half hours have you seen the director's cut I was about to ask yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also that opening scene is oh my god just yeah, um, and the and the way that it deals with emotional abuse, yeah, um, and how that turns into a plot point um, surrounding um, the kind of indoctrination into a cult, yeah, uh, yeah just, just microaggressions. From yeah, even people who like are like help in in the cult are helping her. This yeah, how yeah. Like they are, and and how yeah how that yeah it's it's really it's an amazing film. What her performance is is 
insane. Like, how does she... That primal... Like, you know how we were talking about Hereditary last year yep. and, like, Tony Collette and that off-screen... The movie, and oh. then they do it on-screen for yeah. this. And it's this primal screaming. The first time and I, I and watched it, cuts, it like, oh. I was... Yeah. I was against that because it felt like she was given the direction, do what Tony Collette did. Right. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're at. And I wasn't into the movie enough at the moment to forgive it. The second time I watched it, I was like, oh, no, that's totally appropriate. Yeah. Um, it's because I just watched, what did I watch? I watched a movie and it's a horror movie called Midnight Kiss and a person sees like their best friend dead with a bottle shoved in their mm. mouth and he's just kind of like, oh my God, quick, we got to run, we got to run. And I'm like, this is the most inappropriately calm reaction <laughs> to your best friend yeah, in the yeah. world, not just dead, but mutilated in front of you. And her reaction just, I was like, oh, this is the first time I'm seeing someone actually react appropriately to something horrific, that horrific. Yeah. Mm. You know, it was so good. This will show up very soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also just the choice to have um, a horror movie in literal eternal sunlight uh yeah is is a really interesting choice love it uh i feel like that's the thing that i'm most excited about when i inevitably see it uh so yeah i can't recommend midsummer enough it is uh yeah tied with my number one uh for best film of the year as far as i'm concerned um go see it you may not like it but if you don't like it you're wrong Correct. Yeah. Yeah. True. Chancellor. All right. So my next two, I also don't think will be on anyone's top 10 list in the world, but they were kind of very personal to me. So number four is Britney Runs a Marathon. Nice. Uh, nice. Okay. It, it just, it happened. I happened to watch it at a time in my life where this exact same thing was happening to me. You ran a marathon? No. Uh, but lost <laughs> some weight. You were wearing a fat suit for the first, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes and then you took off the fat that's suit. That's the one, yeah. Uh, so I was wearing a fat suit and I was like, oh my God, she has to wear it too. I get it. It, <laughs> it, it just hit me in a way that I totally wasn't expecting. Um, and that's the that's the reason it's in my top 10. It, it, I think it was a really well-crafted uh, story. It was just not the... Uh, it was just not very visually... Uh, it, like it had that, that one moment in the marathon right at the end where all of a sudden it became a differently shot film. But yeah, no, other than that... Um, Good movie, good banter, guys. What Glad we it, all. What is it. it about? Like I've never. Okay, heard so of this movie. it's based on. It's actually based. It's so based the on a true story. Best friend, and it's it's his friend. She was like her life was a bit shit, and she runs a marathon and loses. She preps mm. for a marathon. And she loses some weight and inspiring. I I love the fact that the losing the weight isn't even the important thing, and she doesn't realize that until. Mm. That's like the third act. Spoiler alert: the losing the weight <laughs> wasn't the problem. Uh, it's that she's a bitch. But it, it, the way they tell that story is really well done and really hard-hitting, and I just really loved cool. it. Um, I nice. Yeah, uh, visually, it's just kind of bland. It was shot in an Ari Alexa, which was really confusing the to thing me I found because weird. like it was clipping at one point, and I could tell like the color was clipping, and that's just a technical thing that I was like, you've got an Ari. The thing I found weird that is that it's a very handheld coverage-centric style for all of it until the very, very final end. act, yep. and I was like... Oh, this style shift is really weird because I would have really liked this throughout all of it. Something with a bit more energy. I do have to say her performance is really good. I'm like, we are we are severely underusing or misusing Gillian Bell in movies. Yeah. And that being said, I fucking love Gillian Bell. 
every she's film. She's so good. Yeah, she's yeah. hilarious. And yeah. then this movie, I was like, boom, hit me like a She's an actor, not a yes. funny jokes girl. Just yeah. a funny joke. Because funny jokes girl. The, the, yeah. first, the first 20 minutes, she's acting like a funny jokes girl. But that's her problem. Yes. Spoiler alert for the movie, guys. Great movies. Number three is the film I've been waiting for for so long. It is Godzilla King of Monsters. <laughs> nice. It is everything I've wanted in a Godzilla film. I liked the last Godzilla film. I was like, yeah, no, I get it. I don't think they did it as well as they should have. And this guy fucking gets it. Just go and do Godzilla. So much fun. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. Did I see this with you or around the same time? <laughs> Probably around the well I saw it as soon as it came out. That was a movie that you I know, had we to see. we've had a conversation about oh, it, is that right? Definitely. Because yeah, I feel like this would be a much better movie if you just cut the humans out oh, of yeah. it and you just saw the monsters fighting that's, or doing their thing. That's generally every Godzilla film. Uh, okay, well, good. I, I'm a huge fan of all the... Oh, except for Shin Godzilla. Shin yeah, Godzilla, the go, humans, oh, is the most Japanese important Japanese diplomacy. Thing. It's the best fucking oh, film. It's <laughs> so good. If Shin Godzilla didn't exist... And the only thing I don't like about this Godzilla like series is the fact that because the Americans are making Godzilla films, Japan can't until they're done. And I yeah. really want to see a sequel to Shin Godzilla. Yeah, all the that, concept art you sent me for the sequel. Oh, I was like, I holy shit, that was oh, so yeah. cool. I mean, can Gidera? we let Korea make them? Sorry? Can we let Korea make them? I mean, maybe. Yeah, South Korean filmmakers yeah. are the bomb. <laughs> yeah. I, that would be an interesting... Because uh, the host is South yeah, Korean, right? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, they love their monsters. Bong Joon-ho, who will definitely be yeah. showing up at some point. <laughs> on Should this we just episode? say our number ones unanimously? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah, yeah, I feel like there's going to be an almost unanimous number one. Yeah, except we, we for the one guy it, who didn't see the fucking movie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, King of Monsters, which I loved it. Good times. If you didn't like it, you're wrong. And on to my number two, which I only had to see because I'm a slut and I'm on another review site, uh, is Klaus. That's just fun. It's oh, a fun movie. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, beautiful I, movie. I went into it uh, on Why the fuck is Inconceivable on my list? Reviews, which is a <laughs> website I write for. Uh, we had a poll on Facebook all throughout December where we got let the audience choose a crappy Christmas film from Netflix <laughs> to watch. Uh, and the very first one I got was Klaus. And thank you, audience, because Klaus was a beautiful film. Yeah. It's a Santa origin story. It's a Santa origin I, story. I honestly think this might be my favorite Christmas film ever. Agreed. Really? Yeah, I don't I, like Christmas films yeah, as oh, a yeah, genre. Right, yeah. we, mm. did the, we did an episode yeah. on that. <laughs> but yeah, I think this might be my favorite Christmas film ever. If we disregard Rise of the Guardians as a Christmas <laughs> film, then I think this True. is easily... A holiday film, so there yeah. you go. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Glad we're in agreement, guys. <laughs> Great to hear. Josh, hey, take it away. Thank you. Um, my number four is Little Woman. Nice. I saw this yesterday. And <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thing. That's just extra. Um, yeah, I love this film in terms of like, yeah, props to Gerwig for scaling up so efficiently and so well. But also just she cultivates sort of like the beauty of life with such like ease and wit. And I love that about her films like her two films and just the way she like the performances how they all worked the dialogue how she wrote them how it all comes together I mean yeah the themes of the book are so um I guess I'm gonna say like wittily reflected in the film yeah like they're not exact copies she's not just taking the subtext of the book and putting it into the film it's really updated and interpreted and included in the whole world that she 
she builds. Yeah. It's so it's very witty. Yeah, and it's kind of like with um, Noah Baumbach with his films, but especially Marriage Story. Like it's a full plate of the film that's so invigorating as well, but it's so enriching and you feel so inspired and you just want to make stuff after you watch her films. And yeah. It's another one yeah. where the opening and the ending shot, and it's almost very similar mm. to Book Smart because it opens on her facing away mm. from the mm. camera from behind from a slightly wider shot and end, spoiler alert, ends close up on her front on facing the camera and Booksmart does the exact same thing. It's very interesting. Uh, as the only person who hasn't seen Little Women at this table, um, <laughs> how would you guys rate this as a Little Women's movie? Is I think it's the, the best, best adaptation. Easy. Easily, right. be- easily okay, good. the best. Um, simply just the way it's edited. And cool. Just like, like she doesn't just do a one-to-one yeah, adaptation. And like, yeah. Dear Hollywood, please take underserved texts from the past and make them in this way. Rather than taking a Spider-Man and remaking Spider-Man, make them with energy. <laughs> Sincerely, <great>. Zane. <laughs> anyway, my number three. Moving on is Daniel isn't real. Oh, nice! Yeah, this hit me like a punch. Shane had to go to the bathroom two times during this film, so he missed out a lot of the <laughs> had some bad cool burritos. eldritch horror element to this. But this Shane, was... uh, there ain't no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this film was such a like like nasty exploration of like so like mental illness and like elements of like eldritch horror and just like I loved it. So the eldritch basic plot horror. so so it's a cosmic horror. Cosmic the basic horror, yeah. premise is it's mm. a guy whose invisible friend is a murderous psychopath who's trying mm. to kill his mother and himself and played and by Patrick Schwarzenegger. And the main guy oh, is played is by Tim Robinson. Uh, mm. So it's Tim Robinson and Arnold Schwarzenegger's sons, both in a movie, <laughs> yeah. and they're both kind of like, "Oh shit, these also, are real actors." There's a funny moment where he exits in, near the, like the end of the film in a purple suit. I'm like, "This is a better Joker movie than Joker." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did hilarious. So, uh, Adam Egypt Mortimer didn't realize he, he did that and thought they were doing something really cool because they were trying to get away from the color palette of purple because they had yeah. a very specific color palette. Yeah. And then he goes and sees that Joker has the exact same suit. And he's like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> yeah, this almost made my top ten list. It was like the last yeah. thing to go off like like some of Im- imagery like i just adore stunning. just just some of like just like i won't spoil it but like just like some of like the ripping like no context even the opening the scene, opening sequence shocks you and lets you know oh this is a movie that you're gonna sit up and watch yeah it's a really strong it's one of the strongest openings keep running you. you keep running and you just yeah there for the ride and it's great beautiful cinematography anamorphic these really nice anamorphic lenses uh, alright moving on and my number two I have to do a tie because I cannot decide <laughs> I feel like I think I know what one of these might be okay well this uh, is the first year that I'm the only one that hasn't done yeah. a tie yeah <laughs> I wasn't going to I was trying to be good but then I'm uh, like, uh, yeah Shane hard. ruined it for us okay <laughs> yeah. feel set, free to add a tie Shane last year I had no standard. ties and everyone else had ties I'm like well you know what fine <laughs> ties yeah. all around yeah so my two uh, has both been mentioned but it's Portrait of a Lady in Fire slash Midsummer. Nice, nice. There, like, That's an interesting double feature, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one you can sit there. Uh, yeah, one's just so cathartic, cathartic violence and cathartic beauty. You have to watch so. Portrait first, then Midsummer. Yeah. Oh, I think <laughs> the breakup movie followed the get together movie followed by the breakup. But movie. can you? Okay, so you want to you want to go for the the murder then into the French romance? Yes. Really, <laughs> you balance out the negative emotions with the positive. I feel Although, that I feel that that sets you up with like you've had a nice romance and now it's done. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but no. um, speaking of like portrait, just some like the technical decisions. Um, just with in terms of like, won't get into full details, but how they like 
show like the sort of ghostly image they'd oh there's a and shot yeah. they Shape do something with it and i i was trying to figure out how the light. fuck they did it because it, it looks like it could be digital but so perfectly and seamlessly done that it, it looks practical mm. but then it's like no they must have done practical yeah. they're french they don't cgi <laughs> everything but i cannot figure out how they fucking did it yeah. they do this incredible image in the film yeah, uh, it's almost like beautiful, luminescent and like transparent but beautiful it's long takes yeah. that i didn't even when you're watching it you don't realize that these long takes it took me the second yes. viewing to go Oh, they haven't cut, but these actors are so compelling. You don't pay attention to that at all, and it's oh, wow. so just textured and the color is grand. Like, just like yep. there's a shot, one of my favorite shots is like when it's like almost anchored to the boat and it's going up and down, and it's like one like of the opening shots. One of the opening shots, yeah, it's great. And then Midsummer Zane counted off quite well, but God, I love both cuts as well. I want to mm. like both cuts are equally mm. good for different reasons, mm. but I definitely prefer the director's cut because yeah. it just gives you more. Yeah. yeah, I was I was a bit ashamed when they didn't include the theatrical on the Blu-ray. They just have it director's cut. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say if I had a choice, should I watch both or because Hereditary, yes. I still haven't watched again because that fucked me up. It's if you different. Have, to have a choice. Watch the director's cut uh, and watch Hereditary again. It will oh. still mess you up. I don't want it to happen. <laughs> watch it it's alone. On, it's in the on dark. Netflix or something, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. Chanel keeps offering to watch it because she knows how much it screwed me up. <laughs> uh, it's gonna screw you up less if you watch it at home than if you watch it at the cinema. I doubt it. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm watching it at home is a very different, or well, at least was a very different experience yeah. for me. I watched it okay. like by myself at the cinema, like nine thirty at night. It was empty theater. I also watched I an empty theater, and, and that one sound cue just destroyed it's all, me. <laughs> it's all yeah, in the left channel bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was rough, um, but, but yeah, but yeah. So my number four uh, is we've heard this before, but it's the last black man in San Francisco. It places a lot higher on my list. I was this movie had the same effect that the uh, if Beale Street could talk from last oh, year did. God. I was just it's so achingly beautiful and it, it it gives you this really intense melancholy just because of what it's about and how it executes it and the imagery but also it has my probably like second after Lupita Nyong'o it's my second favorite performance of the year with uh, or maybe third favorite there's a, there's about four that I would consider just equal and uh, Jonathan Majors he's a supporting role in this one have you seen this one Zane? Uh, the we, movie The Last Black Man in San Francisco No, no, I, no. I have not yet That's yeah. Jonathan Majors is great He plays the best friend And he's sort of not I think he's like on the spectrum A little bit somewhere But just this performance Is beautiful And it's beautiful all the way through And then he has a thing That he does He does sort of like a play Within mm. the story of the film And it just then become And then the play breaks down In the middle of the performance And it's And he just He's this performance is like I'm like who is this man why have I not seen him in anything and why is he not going to be in like absolutely everything from this point onwards mm. I'm really annoyed that this film isn't getting more attention and is less seen because it's really beautiful it won Sundance but it just didn't pick up the momentum because there's all these there's a lot of movies out this year that are pulling award sort of discussion but it's a it's the best cinematography of the year period like I it hope is, it gets rediscovered I like, really do I really yeah. do I hope it gets some kind of release here in Australia like a proper release yep. even if it's on DVD or something like that um, number three is Midsummer. Mm-hmm. yes I saw this a week after being dumped <laughs> and it is <laughs> there you go That's a and so like you except I kind of still stay on this side I feel 
found it so cathartic and <laughs> it's a feel-good movie for me. <laughs> oh, I still want to be in the cult, Shane. I just recognise that maybe we shouldn't kill five people. Yeah, yeah but if one of those people is someone you do not like who has wronged you... It, sure, if, it the cult, if the cult a... wants to adopt you and, and, and right the wrongs that have mm. been done to you... Thank you, Colt. Um, it's it's <laughs> so stunningly made. Yeah. It beautiful cinematography, and and it would that's a very easy thing to fuck up if it's just all white. You just do all bright, a very washed out palette, and he doesn't. He uses colors specifically. The score is hypnotic, mm. and it it's so long, and yet it doesn't feel like a, a drag. But also, also the like the drug effects yes. I found oh were, were not obtrusive, but they were. Omnipresent and yeah. they affected, the and they moment. became a language that, like, they in, he introduced them when they took drugs, and then you just kind of became aware that the same effects were happening yep. throughout the film yeah. when they had Tea. been given some, <laughs> <laughs> without yeah. being mm. told. And yeah, it was, and th- those effects were both beautiful and terrifying because of what the implication was. Yeah, um, yeah, I midsummer is. It's, it's almost so perfect. good. It's so so good. I and it's and like all these movies, it's stayed in my head the whole time since I've seen it. It's just there, and I keep thinking and running over shots and running well, over thoughts. Yeah, and Midsummer is the only film on my list. I think that I wanted to go back and watch again and again and again. Yeah. and again, and, and I, I haven't not had that. I love how the directors cut ads like elements to the, like the relationship and like the, some of the context, like yeah. that, that, like. He goes through and like yeah, it it it's it, like it, oh it, no, you're it almost worse. <laughs> shifts the the thing that happens to him closer mm. to the end, not the very end, but closer to the end, and it sh- the, in the theatrical cut, it almost has a context of not necessarily being he's not as culpable within right, that, yeah, yeah. and the yeah. director's cut, he is a lot more culpable okay. of it, mm, yeah. uh, which I found very interesting. Um, my number two is the Nightingale. I left this movie really shaken mm. and that doesn't happen to me very often. It happened when I saw 19, United 93 is a movie that's done this to me and a couple of intense documentaries. It has that same kind of like, I, it breaks you a little bit in a way that oh, it absolutely. should do. Yeah. Um, and some of the cinematography is insane. Some of those dream sequences where it's like dead of night and how they're shooting dead of night. It's like, how, how did she do this? It's, um, the performances, both the main girl and then and then the, the the tracker that's yeah, with her, yeah. just and then that final twenty minutes just took me by the throat yeah, <laughs> and I didn't mean, let you go. The Nightingale, it, it doesn't pull any punches. No. It's not there to please you. It is there to tell you a story, and you're going to sit there and you're going to listen to it, and you're going to be changed by yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because I didn't like the Babadook in a way most people seem to like the Babadook. So mm. I went in with a bit of trepidation because I was like, I wonder if this is going to be the same thing where people are reacting to something that I do not react to, but it's not the case mm. at all. I it. Had me from like the get go, just from just from the way she framed it with that that four by three frame, yeah, yeah. this kind of almost claustrophobic, suffocating thing. You're like, okay, this she knows exactly what she's doing every single moment of this movie. It, and I mean, I hate to keep coming back to this, but the way that she shot the rape scenes, correct, yeah, was probably the most impactful part of that opening sequence. Yeah, because I, in no way is it 
even remotely sexualized. It is all about power and inflicting pain on another person. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're very horrific, very horrific, and really great for even from the the the, the quote unquote bad guys yes. of the film. Yeah. Very great performances all around, and it's the guy. He's like one of those pretty European, the English guys who, they, who usually yeah, plays yeah. like like the handsome romantic lead in some movie. I think he's from. Well, Angus. I mean, that's that's exactly the myth that they're deconstructing. Is yes. that this he, he who would usually be the prince charming? Is this is what a prince charming in this time would Did. do to yeah. get yeah. A, yeah. to get forward in his career? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. Uh, so I guess honorable mentions now. We, we've all done our things. So yeah, uh, Zane, what do you? Um, so I've taken out the ones that you've already mentioned from your uh, top tens. So Alita Battle Angel. I really liked a little Battle Angel. Really? I really did. I watched it. I expected nothing, and it was like, oh, "Is no. this? This is fine. This is this is." I guess. Okay. I, and I actually like really enjoyed it. I think the third act it struggled because of the superhero genre, and we're not going to see the second one. But that's <laughs> that's fine. Um, I was actually really interested in this, and I that's feel really like it's a, it's an a, a good update for what Astro Boy, the failure that was Astro Boy way back okay. when. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay, that's um, a really interesting choice. Uh, sort of Trust. Yep. Uh, which was uh, a kind of an offbeat drama comedy yep. starring Mark Maron. He has a monologue in it, which is hopefully a career maker. Um, yeah. It is some of the one... Well, look, he's not incredibly consistent across his work, but this this monologue really kind of proves mm. his dramatic chops. Yeah, um, It's a story about like a, a, a lesbian couple who inherit a sword from a dead grandfather and then it's attached to these conspiracy nuts and they're trying to sell it for uh, some money with a pawn shop broker who's played by They Mark discover Marin. a confederate sword yes. that has a whole bunch oh. of mythology well, around it. So it's a union sword. Yeah, and they take it to a pawn was... shop and then <laughs> yeah. they're trying to sell it to some white nationalists and they kind of get in weird hijinks and uh, kind of discover things about each other's lives and, and what have you. It's it's more organic than I'm making it sound. Yeah. Very good movie. Lynn very, Shelton's the director. Yeah. It's a very interesting movie. Frozen 2. I really liked it. Okay, there oh, you cool. go. Uh, did not hate it. Expected to hate it. <laughs> because I hated everything else that Disney did this year. Um, please stop. <laughs> um, that's that's it. They yes. did Aladdin. They did Lion King. Uh, yep, yep, they yep. did uh, Rise of Skywalker. Just stop, please. Aladdin was <laughs> I, one where... I'm sure they will hear this and be like, you know what? We should. We should. What, <laughs> what I love about Frozen 2, it's such a fuck Thanksgiving movie. Uh, under oh, the guise of a it's Thanksgiving a very movie. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, um, I, I got to say that Aladdin is the one that I was expecting to hate the most. Mm. I didn't. I was like, yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't as as, as egregious to watch as The Lion, Lion King. King. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Um, I, I only saw Aladdin the same reason I saw Hellboy, because yeah. I was on an airplane. <laughs> uh, and it was an eight-hour flight. So what else am I going to do? What, what else are you going to do? Uh, Jojo Rabbit. It yes. had to be there. Yes. I like it. I'm not as in love with it as everyone is. I'm not as in love with Taika Waititi as everyone else is. It has Rebel Wilson, which is an immediate demerit. <laughs> um, but uh, ScarJo, 
Really good. Really good. Oh, I was like, really, really good. If she just stopped running her mouth in interviews, <laughs> she would be running <laughs> Hollywood right now. Yeah, between like marriage story have a, and this. Have marriage yeah, story and yeah. Jojo Rabbit in the same year. That's like one of those things where they go, this, in the one year she did a great comedy, you know, like. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that her first scene, all I could think about was the dumb shit she had said. But by her <laughs> second scene, I'd completely forgotten I was just engaged in yeah. her character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's how she gets really away good. with it. Um, this I this would probably end up on my list, but I literally just saw it about an hour before I did the podcast, so I, I'm probably not going to include it anyway because it's one of the ones I need to sit with a little longer. Yeah, I think I think it is getting a little bit. It's getting a lot of credit, and I know why it's getting a lot of credit, but I think it is a little bit overrated, a little bit. But it is still a very good movie, and Taika Waititi does deserve to keep working. So please keep giving him money and things to do. I think he's an overall benefit, but please stop putting Rebel Wilson in anything. <laughs> um, the only documentary on anyone's list, I think. I, there, there's one coming in my... On, in my uh, okay. Hail Satan. Really good documentary. I never got around to this. This is one of the ones I never got around um, to. It's just the history of Satanism, uh, the Satanist temple. Oh, fun. Yeah, really good. Really good uh, documentary. Was I, I wanted to put it on my top ten, but it's not better than anything that's on my top ten. And like I said, I'm not super passionate about it, but a really good movie. I, I didn't watch too many documentaries, but there is one on this list. So, And another film that I went in with zero expectations, was pleasantly surprised, watched it again, and was even and appreciated it even more. Ready or not. Um, nice, oh, is, which is uh, it's kind of a a pulpy slasher, supernatural cult movie, but it kind of undermines a lot of those tropes. It's it's one of the three movies this year, which four movies this year, which goes on the, the genre of eat the rich and someone vomits. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there are four movies about that this also, year. Also, Shane and I had sort of similar opinion about the ending. Yeah, wondering a point like if they, I prefer didn't, the didn't alternate version alternate of version? it. Yeah, would have yeah. said a little bit more about. Yeah, I wish the it, I wish it, it didn't buy into itself at the end. I it wish it was a total. Would have played it up even more. When I but Samara that. Weaving is such a great lead. Yeah, she's such a great. To be fair, like I, all of the performances were yeah. really strong in this movie. There wasn't a weak one. Yeah, yeah. speaking of like um, scream queens or great screams, her scream whenever she's <laughs> yeah. in pain is yeah yeah. <laughs> she's also it. in She just plays a bit part In Ash vs Evil Dead Like season one And she yeah. has like Suck same scream I'm like oh. She's also from The Babysitter she, She's Australian in that right Yeah Because yeah, yeah The group of the Australians At the yep. end of season one Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, And that's it The other ones were Irishman Knives Out on Us But yes nice. Cool yeah. Alright so uh, I'm gonna start My uh, My uh, honourable mentions The way I always do Which is These are the films That I really wish I had seen <laughs> But just didn't and I'm sure these would so be the my top ten. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so you got Doctor Sleep, Knives Out, uh, Midsummer, The Nightingale, um, Ready or Not is one that I definitely know would be in my top ten from the moment. I know I saw it'll the be film. in your top ten, and it'll be yeah. probably in your top five. S- same with Little Monsters. Little yep. Monsters is another one that mm. I just really wish I saw. Uh, Dolomite is my name. Can't believe you didn't see that. It's uh, good fun. It's yeah, good fun. Uh, I'm I'm planning on watching it with a friend, but I got to wait for the friend and uh, friends. Am I right? Missing Link. Nice. Really wish I saw that and Abominable, which, you know. It's sweet. Yeah, good. It's really sweet. Glad to hear it. Uh, The ones that I actually have seen that didn't make into my top 10 and based on how low my top 10 was anyway, (laughs) these kind of probably deserve to be in it anyway. Um, I should have taken Spider-Man out and put in Longshot. I loved Longshot. Longshot was real good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an important movie right now. One of the most, like... unexpected opening sequences oh, of geez. a movie. Oh, I was God. like, I legitimately thought I was in the wrong movie for about 20 seconds until Seth <laughs> Rogen shows up. I was like, wait, 
Nazis? What? White supremacy? Okay, what the... Oh, shit, did we check yeah. the ticket? Check the- oh, Seth Rogen's here. Okay. I was watching it on an airplane, man. How do you think I feel? <laughs> and also... I was also like, oh, geez, a, no one look. Not a terrible Seth Rogen. Yes. No, yeah, I agree. Good performance. And a really did. great Charlize Theron. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Charlize I mean, Theron. I mean, oh, she's, she's capable of perfection. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, makes sense. Um... Uh, happy Death Day to you. I thought that was real fun uh, for a yes. sequel. Very good sequel to a movie that doesn't deserve. That you doesn't really threw need away that two there. Sorry, it's Happy Death Day to you. you. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> it's a pun, guys, uh, because it's the second. I movie. thought that came out this year. Yeah, same. Oh, wow. But no, I, I I really enjoyed it, especially as a sequel, and the fact that they went in a completely different genre. <laughs> I um, kind of wish we got the third one. Yeah, me hmm. too. Um, uh, Black Christmas. I know a lot of people do oh, not like Black this? Christmas. Yeah, so I Black Christmas. It was good fun. Yeah, I loved I wanted it. Wanted to watch it so bad. As a remake of Black Christmas, I see why people are angry. Seen, but have you seen fuck Black off. Christmas? This is how you should make. Have see, you seen Black yeah. Christmas? Oh, okay, I haven't. This seen This is the how original. you should make remakes: is by recontextualizing them and saying something with them about the modern day, and not just fucking doing the same thing again. I'm looking at you, Black Christmas 2009. Um, <laughs> Black Xmas. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's yes. called Black Christmas. Oh god, now I'm depressed. Uh, yeah, no, that's... Oh, actually, you know what? I have one last honorable mention, uh, which I think is the best bad movie I've seen this year. It's not Cats, surprisingly. Uh, it is a little uh, a little Netflix original called Santa Girl. Oh. <laughs> Read my review on it on inconceivablereviews.com. That is one that stayed with me for days because the more I think about it, the more insane it is. <laughs> it, it, it's about business Santa and business Santa has a daughter who wants to go on a gap year of being Santa. So she goes to a real American college where she meets poor boy who's trying to buy textbooks, but his financial aid has been rejected and rich boy. Who's all like old money because of the way he drinks and because of the way he drinks makes him old money. Well, that's how you can tell. Oh, I see. And it is genuinely one of the most bafflingly baffle baffle baffling um, baffling films. <laughs> it just doesn't sound like a real word anymore that I've I've seen. And it, I genuinely think it's a lot of fun. I I think people should watch it. So if you get a chance to go on Netflix, watch Santa Girl. Do yourself a favor. Never gonna do that. I mean, I do not blame you, but you should get Next some Christmas, friends together. Maybe. Next Christmas, watch Santa Girl because I'm saying it. Best bad movie of 2019. I'll watch it if you watch it with cats. Me. Yeah, sure. I'll watch it again. Okay. Josh. You, you need to understand business, Santa, man. I'll show you some pictures. All right, business, Santa. <laughs> My honorable mentions, I'm going to do kind of quicker, uh, is Hustlers. Nice. Live fast, die young. Bad girls do it well. I'll summarize it. Um, <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. Um, I just want to give mommy a cuddle. Perfect. Mm. Uh, That's business, my, Santa. Get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Report, Politicians of Evil. Fucking another great Adam Driver performance. Mm-hmm. Um, long shot. Great, fun. Dolly Might's my name. A great, like, more modern Ed Wood perspective. Ready or not, fun. Blinded by the light. I love Bruce Springsteen. So this was, <laughs> this would be on your list. I knew it would be on here somewhere. <laughs> great film. Very feel good movie. If you mm. want just a really feel good snack of a film, mm. Blinded by the Light's really good. How to Train Your Dragon Free, The Hidden World. This film actually in the last like two minutes made me ball my eyes out. I was just like, oh my God, it's hit me real hard. I've heard it's a perfect trilogy, right? I love the trilogy. I would have felt like that except the whole of that movie. I had a really, I had children kicking my chair and everything. It was the worst cinema experience of the year for me. Another animated film, Abominable, really sweet. Um, 
Godzilla, King of Monsters. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah. I, I love how they continue, like the scale and how they made him even bigger. They're like, fuck it. We're going to make it <laughs> 2,000 times bigger even this time. It was great. Um, Rocket Man. I love Elton John as well. Good so there fun. we go. Yeah. And Taron Edgerton's great. He's really good in this. If mm. This is the movie really I fun, wanted yeah. from... Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, makes sense. And it's it's even though it has Dexter Fletcher as well. He did. Yeah, that. ironically, um, it's 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 a much gayer film, even though the the big gay sex scene that was supposedly controversial is the most PG pan up fade to black. It's only controversial it be. because it's two men. No, because it's made for families and mums. It's and mums who are like, oh, yeah. Elton John's not gay, is he? Yeah. <laughs> he no, married yeah. a woman, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. One the people time. who thought Liberace was straight too, you know, and that al- happened. And also this, um, the end of the film remakes my favourite music video, like one of my favourite, like his favourite song, my favourite song of mine, so that's great. Um, John Wick Free. Nice. Cool. Loved it. I just want to clear that there. Terminate Dark Fate. One of the writers just wrote the Sarah Connor Chronicles and this is why I think I loved it. Yeah, cool. I, I heard that. Well. Mm. Because this is just one of the best Terminator sequels. It's it's back, baby. And don't nice. make any more, though. Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> it's back, baby, but it's kill back. it now. Just for, no for one. Back for one. <laughs> this is the last one. You're allowed. <laughs> yeah. Um, crawl. Nice. I love crocodiles and alligators. Alligators. This is why? A, a nasty... Because I just love them. Why? What do you mean, why? Why do you like them? They're terrible. What do you mean, they're terrible? Why would you like a monster that can eat you from the ground? It's just living its life. It's not like we don't. It's, I mean, better than one that can eat you from the sky. To be perfectly yeah. frank, that's. Oh more my god! Annoying. Flying crocodiles. <laughs> Allo- alligator nato. Alligator. Alligator. <laughs> oh god. Anyway. Alligator nato. Yeah. Alligator nato. Alligator nato. Yeah. Yeah. Tornado gator. And because Zane reminded me, and this is a super sweet. Um, Klaus. That was yeah. Cool. yeah, it was nice. so like touching. Um, that's what I already mentioned. Shane, no, I said, okay, my honorable. I just, just want to say, I didn't remind you. Chance, I reminded you. <laughs> it was number two, man. It was my number two. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, for, th- there are yeah. two movies that will probably have ended up here or on my top ten: Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood and Uncut Gems. But they have not been released in Australia until the end of this yes, month. Yes, I agree with you. So we will not be able to watch them, and they cannot. That's why they are not here. Um, but my honorable mentions: Little Women, and it's only here because I only saw it a day ago and I need yeah. more time to process it and I think I need another viewing now knowing the the time shifting that she does within this um, I can then watch it without kind of figuring that out and I can sort of feel it but like everyone said mm. beautiful performances beautiful writing it, it, it really inspires you to want to go out and be a writer you know if you're a writer person it makes you want to sit down and put the pen to paper because you're like she can do it which I she, do when it. she lays out like all the pieces yeah like, I was like yes I'm doing that um, <laughs> Ad Astra now, interestingly, I, I did that. not like this when I saw it. I saw this with YouTube yeah. and stuff, and I didn't really like it. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know, I appreciate that it is a big budget movie that is specifically examining masculinity mm. as a construct. I hated this movie. Really? I really There's did. a lot to not like. I hate the voiceover. The yeah, voiceover I just is found the it weakest so frustrating to watch. I couldn't appreciate it for anything because the what the way it was presented was just yeah and this is why it's not this is why it's it's there even though it's not like a highly rated like i gave it like i think a three stars Mm. or two and a half but i i have to give props to a movie that's willing to say hey are men this way because they are holding you know like it's saying things that i think Uh, are important i think thematically it's a really and it tricked a lot of people into doing that it's it's brad pitt in a space movie and then it's like this (laughs) contemplative (laughs) voiceover two and a half hour thing about daddy issues like i was like Mm. 
I like movies that will trick audiences. Like Uncut Gems is tricking people into seeing an art house movie. <laughs> I just love that about it. So even so though yeah. I don't rate it very highly, I think it deserves a mention. It deserves yeah, another I, mention. I thought I liked Ad Astra more than you, but I did not put it on this list at all because I don't, I don't think it should be on this list, but that's just because I've seen Pluto Nash and you haven't. Right, right. <laughs> um, next up is a very interesting movie that I don't know if anyone's seen or heard of. It's called Knives and Skin. Um, it's this weird mystical teen noir with giallo influences. It's a very weird movie. It's basically like a girl goes missing and the people left are kind of dealing with the aftermath of it. And it, it's it's not always coherent because it does lean into the more abstract things. There's a couple of musical numbers. It's definitely not everyone's cup so of tea. So it's Twin Peaks? It's very Twin Peaks. It's very David Lynchian. A lot okay. of people talk about it as David Lynchian. Uh, it's just, it's got a voice and she knows how to use it. And I really appreciate that in movies. More and more these days, I, I don't kind of give as much of a crap about the plot as I do a movie with a voice behind it that's really, you know, well, doing then You know small. what you're going to love? Cats. You're going to love Cats. <laughs> Boy, is their voice all over no. it. Oh, yeah, it's a very, very strong, annoying voice. <laughs> <laughs> Time to watch Ryan Gosling's Lost River. Oh. Um, uh, marriage Story, and it's only on my honourable mentions because I liked it. I can't really fault it, but I also don't know if I'm going to watch it regularly. Maybe if I'm referencing something specific to that. I don't know if I'm going to be re-watching this that often. Um, mm. And that's just a me personal thing. Mm. Um, the Farewell, beautiful, loved it. Um, it's just not on my top ten because there's too many good movies. Um, Little Monsters was a lot of fun. And for an Australian movie, like, can we have more Australian genre films like this, please? For the love of God. Fast Colour, again, I just love original movies with a voice. Uh, so this is the documentary. This is called Horror Noir. So this is the documentary oh, from Shudder about the history of African-Americans in the horror genre of cinema. And it traces it from the beginning of cinema to Get Out and it uses Get Out as sort of, oh, this is the breakthrough kind of moment. Mm-hmm. And they're doing, a, they're releasing, I think, this year, they're doing sort of a sequel to it about queer horror is the next one oh, coming up. But, awesome. horror, but Horror Noir is a really excellently made documentary. It has something really interesting to say and it's a very fun watch and it's very, very good. You said it's, it's on Shudder? Shudder, yes, yeah, it's on okay, Shudder. Cool. Uh, I don't know what its Australian release is. The question is how are they going to make a queer one if we've already got a documentary making of, of Nightmare on Elm Street 2? <laughs> the In fact, we also have a documentary. So the filmmaker making it, Sam Wyman, has very interesting ideas on Nightmare on Elm Street 2 as being it's a gay film, but it's not necessarily a good gay film. There's a very great podcast. (laughs) No, no, but like in terms of what it is saying Mm. about queerness, queerness being the monster that needs to be repressed. Oh yeah. Um, It's a very, it's the, he said it's, it's the Pete Buttigieg of queer films. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How do you feel about Buttigieg now? Shane? Mm, Yeah. He's no, Uh, (laughs) what happened? Deleting my tweets. Yeah. um, I was Clinton. I made a mistake. (laughs) I'm not a perfect. So did Bill Clinton. Yes. Um, But Horror Noir is very interesting, very worth watching. I'm not seeing it on enough end-of-year lists, so highly recommend if you can track this. Oh, I'm coming to yours to watch it. Yeah, okay, me too. Um, This one, Burning Cane. This is a movie on Netflix. It was directed by a 19-year-old kid. Oh, fuck Um, him then. (laughs) And it's it's very... It's abstract in a very Terrence Malick-y way. It's not everyone's cup of tea. It basically looks at uh, a pastor... And a, a very small town, African American church, small town thing in America. It's a little more abstract. It's very beautifully made, uh, and I was kind of a bit 
you know, a whole, like a 19 year old do this to you, I need to quit because uh, is, it's is this kind of like the tangerine of this year? It has that same youthful energy, but it is very meditative in okay. time. It's a very different tempo. It's a wildly like the opposite end. No, of I the just tempo mean like spectrum. the story of it being made. Is it? Is it like a? No, no, no. I think he. I think he managed to find like he's low key. He's got a. Um, he got picked up by Ara uh, Ava DuVernay, her company. Okay, yeah. Um, Media yeah. uh, picked this up and then got it into Netflix. Um, and they also got this other film into Netflix. It's called. The body remembers when the world broke open. Uh, the, it's a very abstract title, but I think it's a it's a translation of an indigenous thing because it's a story about an indigenous woman in Canada. Mm. Um, n- not to draw attention to it too much, but this whole movie is a long take movie. It's one of those ones. Present. It's a woman encounters on the street another woman who seems to be being harassed by her partner, and she kind of takes her in to try and get her out of the situation. And it just it's it it's it requires a lot of patience. It rewards the patience, but people will get very bored with this because it is very slow it's very deliberate but it's very beautifully made it's the better long take movie of the year oh, 1917 i wasn't as enamored <laughs> with that as a lot of people were i think this is the better and the more important one frankly it tells a different story that i haven't seen before really great performances really touching performances and it's 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 very melancholic it doesn't give you a happy feel good thing that it a lot of people will expect but that's why i say when it, you know it requires a lot of patience but both burning cane and the body remembers when the world broke open are both on netflix array has distributed both of them through netflix and i think one one of them is not available in canada i think and that's about it but most of them are pretty available worldwide highly recommend to check them out if you want something that's a very different tempo to a, a traditional narrative kind yeah. of a thing but beautiful made movies and like a 19 how the hell did a 19 year old kid make that movie um, High Flying Bird, a Netflix film that came out very early at the start yep. of the year. Steven Soderbergh's movie about mm. the wheeling and dealing behind the scenes of basketball from the writer of Moonlight, uh, the playwright, sorry, who did Moonlight, and I think he wrote the script as well. And then he's written this opposite end where it's this high, snappy banter thing shot with an iPhone. Very interesting and unique, and I had a lot of fun with it. It's very engaging for the reasons that a sport movie shouldn't be engaging. And I don't like basketball. I don't really like a lot of sports movies, and this is my kind of sports movies. Um, and then I've got Hustlers. Cool. It's really well directed, more than a lot of the other things people are talking about. This is a movie that you could get away with just shooting in handheld coverage, and she goes for some flourishes. That that and that's why people are talking about Scorsese in reference to this. Scorsese almost directed the movie. He was offered it, and then he turned it down. Um, it has flourishes like that which really suit the world really suit the characters really suit the tone that they're going for um and daniel isn't real um this yep, was the yes. last thing to go off my top 10 list it's really out there it mixes about 10 different ideas and themes and stories that should not exist in the same movie and they do perfectly the tonal management of this piece is this is the wildest like best part of it he manages these weird tones that should not be able to exist in the same scene let alone the same movie and he does it through and through it's really really interesting a really really good film really i i, I love a good interesting horror movie that has something a little more to say so absolutely yeah okay so, so that's really made our number one very clear um, yes can well, I, should i start with my yes, number one yeah, 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 it's not the same as you guys uh, <laughs> so my number cats. one is yeah no of course it's cats uh, it, it was an amazing movie visually just it was i was amazed to see it yeah exactly you would say it's awesome in the sense that you were filled with awe when watching it, I would it, call right? it awe-full. 
Because you were full of awe, right? And yeah. how that <laughs> makes <laughs> sense. Um, no, it's a movie that was on all of your uh, honorable mention lists. So I guess mind, fuck but... you guys. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Like the moment I watched it, I was like, thank God I have a number one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to make Godzilla King of Monsters my number one because I was like, you know what? I did have the most fun in that movie. Yeah. I would have accepted That's that fair. as a number one. But you. you know what? Jo- I think Jojo Rabbit's. Yeah. Was, a little bit it, more poignant. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit more. The um the moment where Scarlett Johansson is revealed, that was so well done yeah. and show hit you. Yeah. Like the entire movie because I was it like was, he did the vis- it's this it's the setup in threes. There's yeah. a setup, mm-hmm. a reminder, and a payoff, and he goes through, he does that all the time throughout the movie. Yeah, all absolutely. The little I, I think it was as far as that like because I'm a big fan of setup reminder payoff. I love playing the game while watching it. And yeah. I think that this movie just did it so well and it's so poignant. And you get to see a kid say, fuck you, Hitler, and kick him out a window. That's, yeah, that was like Tiger's performance as like the imaginary Hitler. Yeah. Was great how he balanced comedy and also general such like oppressiveness. Like he's just like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. And did yeah. you notice how he uh, fluctu- deliberately fluctuated the accent? Yeah. Depending mm. on the tone of the scene. I thought that was a really smart acting choice. One thing that that movie did that it talked about when World War II that I've never seen talked about in a World War II movie is the idea of indoctrination into ideology. Yes. That's yes. why I yeah. think the movie is important and I think mm. people should be seeing it because, fuck it, I mean, it's happening to us because right it, now. Um, yeah. yeah the, I was talking to a 10-year-old girl about this because she was like, why did that happen? And I was like, boy, let me tell you about propaganda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a nice little chat we had. Um, and yeah, I, I think the fact that the movie showed that. Yeah. And that's never and examines shown. that, and it examines that not just with the child, but there's the scene between Scarlett Johansson and the 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 girl, the Jewish mm. girl, where they talk about is he a Nazi, and you know, like they're yeah. talking about, and he's been indoctrinated independent of the mother. Mm. That was an interesting choice. It wasn't, oh, my dad was a Nazi, yeah. so I'm a Nazi. It's the culture around it, Absolutely. not just the mother. And I was like, this is some points that I have not seen in a movie mm. be made. And I really appreciated that more than anything else in the film. Um, but I love the style and everything. But too. I do have to say, best thing, number one thing, Sam Rockwell. Yes. Sam I was gonna mention, that was my second yeah, thing I was going to mention. fucking amazing. I mean, and Sam his, Rockwell grounded that film. It did. And then yeah. his Especially character. Especially at the end. His yeah, character, like, and it was always there. Like, that yeah. twist made so much sense. I was like, The yeah, gay that, joke, though, that was weird. Oh, I thought they were gay the whole time. No, but like the joke when where they have them though. almost kiss and then not, and then like then everything else is like implied. It's oh they can't be they wear costume whatever. But yeah. like the actual most explicitly gay moment felt like a punchline. It was weird that really it, I, it, I well, thought I, that was a confirmation. I was yeah, like oh, I didn't good, read it that way. Well, I just wanted it to either pay off a bit more, which mm. it never really did. So no, then it true. just sits as a as as a dangling joke, which presumably then makes it feel more like a punchline than if it was a seemed like a punchline and then we're gonna undo that at a later point in the film. Right. Maybe yeah, it was absolutely. edited out. Who knows? I don't yeah, I maybe. sort of feel the same way. I I thought I thought that the fact that they showed that moment, I was like, okay, good, because I thought it was too subtextual. Mm. So when they had that moment and then they had his twist at the end, I was like, oh, this all makes sense now. Great, love it. Ten out of ten. Best best nice. movie because <laughs> I didn't see your movie. Go ahead, go. I'm number one. It's Parasite. Parasite. Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, this is 
getting it's one of the most universally loved films of any time like it gets the yeah. most top 10 lists it, it, during that bong hive the bong hive <laughs> i mean this was i don't normally like whatever wins khan i usually watch i'm like of course this one can't and then this one i'm like this one can yeah. something this good and accessible and funny and relevant one can <laughs> it's this movie is literally the only film I've ever, ever seen that could be described as a tapestry. It is one big picture woven together from like hundreds of littler, of smaller stories. Yeah. Mm. Each character has full arcs, full, full interesting motivations and has a full history yeah, that is yep. fully represented in this film. You don't go away not knowing the history and the motivations of literally every character that is ever on screen. Yeah, and it is every ten minutes you were surprised by something that was happening or going to happen. You feel like you're watching a movie with no, like you're not sitting there breaking it down. You're not doing anything. You just and there's a moment two-thirds of the way through, halfway through the film that happens. We won't spoil it for chance to say. But I'm not it, even listening. I'm over here. So man. I saw this three times in a cinema yeah. and the first two times it was full and the second time there wasn't that many people. But every time this moment happens, everyone in the audience just sits forward and they're like, wait, what the fuck? See, I mm. picked that. I picked that part. So I wasn't surprised when that happens. But I got to the end of the film not knowing what genre film I was watching. Yeah, that's it. Because it kept changing and it didn't change so much as it switched genre. It just added another layer of genre on yeah. top and on top again. And I kept waiting for the story to continue afterwards because it ended and then there was what felt like an epilogue and then there was what felt like an epilogue to that and then there was what felt like an epilogue to that and it never felt wrong. Yeah. No. Not if, in like a not no. in a, a, a Lord of the, a lot of people complain yeah, about yeah. Lord of the Rings as having like twelve endings. And like it that's didn't the thing. Feel like it, that. Each each epilogue was just another little layer to put on the top of this. Yeah. So contextualizing am- amazing everything. terrarium of a film. Yeah, mm-hmm. terrarium is terrarium, such a great yeah. word to describe the film, and the technical execution mm. is flawless. He and I found out later he planned he does hit he approaches it like Hitchcock. He plans every shot to the detail. Mm. There's just like this wonderful flex when it's in the scene where she reviews she says, Oh what did something happen to him at two years old? And the camera it's over the shoulder shot and then it they dolly to the other side. She goes, Oh she gasps the camera dollies to the other side and then he's cutting one hundred percent across the line. Yeah. So that yeah. both women are on the same side and it's it's that's the moment you know oh she's taken over her but there's all these really great sideways dollies. There's the one wonderful shot that goes down and down and yeah, down yeah. and down and I was just like because that's the shot that's the moment where you're like what the fuck yeah. is going on here <laughs> uh, it's so and there's like these really great moments there's a great moment with a, a cake and a fridge which uh, when they're talking about we're doing yeah, like a yeah. memory thing it's just every choice is the perfect not just it's a great choice it's the perfect choice and there is nothing that could be better than this I mean even it's not just the characters that you get the full story of, the house itself yes. and oh, the yeah. city that they're in. Yep. And even the people that live in the city, that class yes. structure yeah. is fully realised and like you you feel like you are part of this society. So you yeah. feel guilty at parts of this <laughs> yes. film yep. watching what's happening and you then at some points you separation. feel 
righteous in the exact opposite way. It is just an amazing story. Yeah. And all of the performances. Yeah. Writing that line of the 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 ridiculousness of the reality that yeah. they're living. Especially the 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 first housemaid lady. Yeah. She kind of really stands out, although all of them are really great. Um Song Kang Ho is really yeah. brilliant. Uh Jessica Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jessica only child. Uh, Illinois oh. Just every moment a moment like that shouldn't work, but it just worked perfectly in just this. the the bin moment with the reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, it, it's, it's a. F- I saw this three times in cinemas, and every time was just perfection. Uh, it's, it's been my favorite movie since mm. June <laughs> of the year, and it has not changed. The only thing that ever came close was The Nightingale to being like, oh shit, like that affected me so thoroughly. Yeah. But Parasite and Parasite is the other one of the Eat the Rich and Someone Vomits. Oh, movies. really? Okay. So it's Parasite, yeah. Knives Out, Ready or Not, and um, oh, what's the other Eat the Rich movie? There's a fourth one. There's a fourth one. It was Cats, right? I always, <laughs> I always forget. No one vomits in Cats. I Do did. they? Uh, hmm. Are you saying you didn't? How did you keep it in? I didn't watch your hand. Oh, smart man, <laughs> smart man. Um, but no, it's it's so good. I want Bong Joon Ho to win everything. Um, and it makes it me, has to win. It has it to. Has to I, but it has the barrier of it being a foreign film. If that, it doesn't win, then I then honestly I discount the Oscars from now on. Yeah. Like yeah. oh, I already can't. Yeah, of I was going to say, yeah. don't you? Well, I still pay attention. I'm still interested. Mm. If this doesn't win, then I'm I'm pretty much entirely out like i just will stop paying any attention um there is no uh, like i put midsummer tied with parasite because of my personal relationship but parasite is definitely the better film yeah um, just because there is so much content and story packed into every part of this film and like when I first watched it, I came out of the cinema going, I don't know if I liked that because it doesn't feel like the movie has ended. Uh, mm. Hustlers is the other Eat the Rich and Someone oh, Vomits true. movie. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah, it was only like after I started thinking about it that I was like, no, that was really interesting. And then I went back yeah. and saw it again. And it's, it was, yeah, it was it's like it's like those other movies, but even more so, and I hate to use this metaphor because it sounds like I'm deliberately making a pun, but it worms your way, its way inside your brain mm. like a parasite and sits there and it just it demands to be thought about yeah. after it's finished all mm. the time. And, and, and the first time I saw it, I didn't necessarily love that epilogue that you were talking about. Like it was still really great. I gave yeah. it like almost a perfect rating, and then I saw it the second time, and then I understood what it was doing, and I'm like, "Oh yeah. shit, that's even better than what yeah. you know." Like it just it evolves and gets better and better, and it's infinitely rewatchable because it it is each every different layer kind of recontextualizes what you have already seen, yeah, uh, in just such so so efficiently. Yes, it, it's just a tiny little addition and it just kind of twists the glo- the world that you're looking at just enough that you are now on another side yeah. and you keep bouncing back and forth uh, around. It is, yeah. yeah. And it's two hours, 12 minutes, does not feel like that at all. It just breezes through that yeah. runtime like nobody's I've said business. it before like earlier in other films of like full plates, this is a feast. Yes. Yeah. It's this, is, this is a buffet. Yeah, this, this is a is, buffet yeah. and it, everything is just delicious. I can... I just think about it all the time. I really am, I'm going to be watching and rewatching this and learning from it. This is a movie that, as a filmmaker, you can learn so much from. So, Zane, at the end of Cats, were you expecting more to come from a cavity? 
Yes, I when, was. When he disappeared, I was and it's like ramping up to the like the climax. I was like, oh shit, what's he gonna do? Because then they sang memory, and I was like, man, I don't know what he could do at this point. Don't worry. I wouldn't feel he somehow forgot his powers, so he's fine. Oh yeah, because he got stuck on that statue. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a real bummer. Yeah. So don't see cats. See Parasite. It's, it's still playing in cinemas. In some yeah. cinemas, it's still playing. Yeah. yeah. Palace cinemas, does, Palace cinemas. Does Parasite have a scene where Judy Dench turns to you, looks into your soul, and tells you that a cat is not a dog? No, but it has a, the best use of a peach, even better <laughs> than Call Me by Your Name. That's not where I was. I thought this was going. It uses uh, a peach. Perfectly. It also doesn't have a scene where Judy Dench. Dench splays her legs. Oh, apart right. In, that was the weirdest boner I've ever had. To Ian McKellen's monologue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This is the movie that was released last year. Why? Uh, Zane, did you, when Judy Dench was staring into our souls, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. were you looking at Judy Dench or were you looking at anyone else? I was looking at everyone else. Because it was the best part of the movie. When when they mention cream and the guy on the right fucking creams. Yeah. Oh, best yeah. part. Just, okay, so I mean, can we stop? That's our top ten list. If you have a top ten list, feel free to message us on social media. Send us an email, mighty motion. Sorry, motionpicturerangers at gmail Now, I did say we'll quickly brief you on what the bulk of the new format of the show. We're taking the recommendations thing that we did from season one, but we're expanding that out to be the full episode, and basically using our recommendations and tying them together with a theme. So. And analysing the film And analysing well. the films Just a little bit more So I don't have to do as much homework And I don't have to do as much essay making <laughs> As I so did before So what we're saying is that Shane's lazy? No, you guys are lazy <laughs> And I was doing all the, the lifting You know, no, I'm kidding but, um, I mean, you're not, but yeah uh, So uh, <laughs> our first topic And we, this won't be like an immediate But we're also moving to a, uh, a fortnightly release schedule Just to make it a bit easier for us So what you're saying, Shane Is that you're lazy Yes. Okay, good. As long as we've cleared that. Um, So for the first topic, we have picked Car uh, car Chase, not Car Crash. Um, I have a very different movie for Car Crash. (laughs) I do too. Let's do that one as one. But uh, Car Chase, I thought it would be an interesting one. So we all have to recommend each other a movie with a car chase in it somewhere. Um, And so my movie I'm recommending to you guys is uh, What's Up Doc, which I have talked about on this podcast before, Mm. but it has a really unique car chase. Uh, what have you got for us, Josh? I have Ridley Scott's Filma and Louise. Man, remember nice. when Ridley Scott was a good filmmaker? Yeah, I remember. Yes. And the rules, the, the rules of this, the new thing is that at least one person has to have not seen it. Yes. Oh, good, because otherwise I wouldn't have gotten away with my one, which is Tremors. Fuck you. A car <laughs> is chased. Is a car not chased? Also, Tremors is a great movie. Fuck you. You've all seen the same Blues Brothers, right? <laughs> Yes. What yeah. is this Blues Brothers? <laughs> Does it have car chases in it? Because uh, you would have to watch it to find out. Uh, <laughs> nah. I'm gonna have to finally watch Tremors. <laughs> I've been putting. I put off a lot of those '80s movies, '80s, '90s movies, especially the ones that you watch all the time. <laughs> you could just come over, and then I'm probably already watching it. Okay. Well, anyway, so that will be. You have that to look forward to, and we shall start. And once we release that first episode, we'll be releasing regularly and everything. So keep a listening out for that. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning back in after all this time, after six, seven months, however long it's yeah, been. Thanks for keeping yeah. us in the subscribe. Probably because you forgot we were there. Yeah. And now yeah. we've popped up. You're going like, to be like, oh, geez, the list, these like, guys oh, these again. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we're sex 
Dyslexia now, so remember uh, that. Yeah. But if you if this you've just discovered us, feel free to follow uh, at Picture Rangers on Facebook, uh, on Instagram and Twitter, um, and the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. You can find me on Twitter at that, that Sundance Katie or Instagram and Twitter at Joshua Grigg. I'm there. You'll find me. On on Twitter, am I at Chancester? Yes. Great. And on Instagram at the Chancester. Did I've been trying Chancester. No, it was just, I only, with Twitter, someone had taken Chancester, and I was like, oh no, and then someone got rid of it, so I snatched it up before anyone else could, right. whereas Instagram, I didn't really care. Right, right. Well, anyway, you can contact us there, be on the lookout for our new season, uh, well, this is the start of it, but the the getting into the swing of things coming soon, um, you can find us and many other great podcasts at that'snotcanon.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you again very soon. Bye. Bye. So what should I listen to now? We are Castology. This is our podcast about podcasts. We are your castologists, Patrick Shearer, Liz Best, and Zancy Weber. Each week, we'll bring you three of the best and sometimes not so best podcasts around. We'll also do the hard work and trawl the RSS feeds to find the newest podcast that should be on your radar. And then next week, we come back and tell you what we thought of the recommendations and bring three new sparkling podcasts to check out. Now, will we always agree with each other's picks? Probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know that's how reviews work. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcatcher of your choice. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.